Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. People say he ain't no good and I'm crazy as a loon Cause I shave my head in the morning and pick guitar in the afternoon Just like old Chief and Charlie I like to lay around in the shade well, I ain't got no money, but you better believe I got it made. Cause I ain't asking nobody for nothing. If I can't get it on my own. If you don't like the way I'm living, just leave this bald-headed country boy alone. Before this episode of the Josh Terry Podcast gets started, we want to thank all of our sponsors. 3B Construction and Roofing, Your Choice Healthcare, Lori's Dive-In, DPF Alternatives, and they have a new address, by the way. It is 288 Eatington Highway, Gray, Georgia, 31032. Nobles Networking, Project K9 Hero, who is a lifetime sponsor of the show. If you would like to figure out how to be a lifetime sponsor of the show, please message me now. Cottonfield Grill, Pearl Promoting, Back Road Park, and Event Venue. Don't forget, November 10th and 11th, we are over there for their Veterans Day celebration. Friday night is Tristan Baugh and Confederate Railroad. And on Saturday is Miss Ella Langley and Trey Lewis. I will be hosting the event. It is going to be an awesome time. Do not miss out. Tickets are available now. Cashman's Pub, Down Yonder Hat Co., Deep South Chemical, and we're bringing back an old feature that we haven't done in a while. Our Spotlight Song of the Month, an artist spotlight, is on Mr. Hunter Mounts and Kyle Austin. They just put out a song called Collar Greens. I really, really like it. I'm going to play it for you in a couple weeks whenever these boys come into the show. So do me a favor now. Go follow both these guys on social media and download our Song of the Month, Collar Greens, by Hunter Mounts and Kyle Austin. Better than basic. Uh, Miss Erica does our website. She does all our graphic design. She does everything for us. Please go check them out now for any of your social media needs, marketing needs, whatever. And check out the Josh Terry Podcast.com, our official website. Grab some merch while you're there. And please leave a review and rate the show if you love this. Please help me grow. All I need you to do is take five minutes out of your time, go to Apple, Spotify, however you listen to the show, and leave a review. Leave us five stars. It helps us more than you know. I'm grateful for each and every one of y'all. Thank y'all for making the show what it is. Now, I'll stop with the business side of the show now, and we'll get to talking. Thank y'all for listening. Enjoy the show. What's up, folks? This is the first full-length uh, YouTube uh, episode that we're going to do. And it's only because this fella right here, uh, Mr. Jimmy from uh, the Tech Center. I'm a little high. I'm just letting you know now. <laughs> like, I'm still, we had a we had this show earlier today with uh, the guy who makes all the shit on the table, like the chemist and the owner of the business. And uh, I had to sample them, and me and my dad did them. 
And uh, let me tell you, they are, <laughs> they're pretty good. They're pretty good. It's Beans all the stuff like. I was telling you about the other day, dude. Yeah. Um, the stuff about. Um, the mushrooms and all that kind of shit. Yeah. And it's, it's helpful with ADHD it's and helpful. stuff like that. Everything. Absolutely everything. Getting used to the switcher is a bitch, by the way. Yeah, dude, I, I was telling you that, like, remembering to to hit the down button when someone else is talking was the most annoying thing. But after a couple of shows, it'll come come second nature. It's one of those things that you just, after you do it so much, you'll you'll just remember. But probably my first three or four episodes, you would be sitting there talking, and you would just see me looking off into space and just looking around and whoever – it's like the person that was talking it, it is like not even on the screen anywhere to be found. Yeah, uh, I've done found myself a little blazed a couple times. Like just, I had to do a show yesterday, and it was, it was just on Zoom, so I didn't have to get used to the switcher yet until Dad came in today, and I caught myself a couple times like just completely forgetting. Like it's just one more thing. One good thing about it though is if you set up one of those other camcorders up looking over the table i i would just put it on that if the conversation was you know how you get in those conversations where somebody say something and somebody rebuttal mm -hmm. real fast or say something really fast back and then you're you're almost talking over each other but not yet it's just good conversation that camera like looking down over the whole table is a lifesaver so yeah i might have to get that like yeah. as I'm glad I still got that Canon camera. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, yeah. one's gonna be perfect. I just gotta figure out a way to way to mount it. Well before we get too deep into this, why don't you introduce uh who else is here with us? All right, so my wife, Taylor Barnett now. I was gonna say yeah. Winley. It's Taylor <laughs> Winley Barnett, but there she is. We got a little girl on the way. Yes. Dude, greatest costume ever. So she's got the <laughs> the the baby bump, right? Yeah. She wore a robe and like had her belly hanging out and got her, like, did her hair. She was fat Thor. Yeah. <laughs> so, there are pictures on social media. Uh, it was the greatest thing ever. What's funny is uh, me and Cobb went to Comic-Con a couple years ago, and that's what I went as. I didn't really? have to be pregnant, though. <laughs> I'm still embracing the big belly. I try to pretend that it's not as big as it is. So. You're, not, you're not big. I feel like it, especially since I've been super small my whole life. Mm -hmm. When this thing started growing, I was like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> I, I can't do this for very much longer. Dude, she's still doing jiu-jitsu and, and, so, and, like, kickboxing. And she's just – she's still teaching. She hasn't mm -hmm. changed nothing. She's just not letting people put pressure on her belly. Yeah. Still super active, still doing all the, all the jiu-jitsu and wrestling and everything. Your baby's going to come out like Jean-Claude Van Damme. I hope so. <laughs> we already, we've got a plan. She's doing gymnastics, jiu-jitsu, and wrestling. Like, we got a plan. Done. Your kid's going to be a badass, dude. Hopefully. <laughs> That's the plan. God, that sounds tiring already to me as an adult. No, nah, it'll be great. Uh, well, anyway, uh, well, thank both of y'all for hanging out tonight and us uh, having some fun. Jimmy, I really appreciate, uh, we've been open for three years, and I struggled with these cameras the whole time. Like, and I just have took my time buying stuff. Like, I wasn't going to invest all this fucking money until I knew it was going to be something in the first place. But then, buy a little bit at a time so you're not broke as hell. Yeah. yeah you want to know that it's just going to be something first? Yeah. And so, like, you coming, <laughs> dude, and helping me set all this shit up and finding me a good deal and everything, I appreciate it. No, man, no problem. I, 
I love doing tinkering and doing stuff like this anyway. And like when I set mine up, I was I I was scared to death about spending all this money on the wrong stuff. And like if you you don't want to spend a ton of money and then it not be used or useful yeah. or whatever. So I went I went like above and beyond in the beginning. And then it was like, oh, well, some of the stuff I didn't need. And I was like, dude, I would not spend money on, like, the A6400s or all this other stuff when the platforms don't even let you utilize most of the stuff that the cameras and stuff offer anyway. So Yeah, you, you were telling me about it yesterday. I didn't realize, like, you couldn't do 4K with a lot of shit. Yeah, like, YouTube will let you upload in 4K. But Twitch, um, all these other platforms, like uh, Facebook, TikTok, um, Instagram, 1080p. They, you just, they will not let you up, upload in 4K. So. Well, besides for the gym, we need to get you like set up as a consultant with this shit. Yeah. There, there's too many people to ask me how to do it, and I can <laughs> tell them how to fucking do a show. I can't set their stuff up. Yeah, dude, my my gym is funny. I set my gym up. We're tr we're gonna do an online university. We've been recording content for over a year now. But I have cameras in the ceiling of my gym. I took a camera apart. Like the, we have Rio Link cameras, which are like secure, 4K security cameras. Mm -hmm. I took the camera apart, took the microphone out of the camera. Like the, it's called Electric. Uh, e L E C T R I C. Electric. You're spilling to it's it. It's not electric. Yeah, you're spilling to a dyslexic <laughs> yeah. high person right Me now. Me too. You're fine. Me too. But it's <laughs> electric with yeah. a T, not a C. With a, it ends with a T. It's a weird ass microphone. Anyway, they're meant to pick up all the sound, everything for security. Well, I don't need that because I'm using my cameras to upload to our online university. So I cut them out wired a aux port, soldered a aux port into it so that I could use a road mic, like a shotgun mic, to uh, pick up sound and cut out all the other stuff. It's just pointing down in the center of my, my gym. And I have literally had probably 15 or 20 other people that are trying to do the same stuff, like wanting me to help them set up their, their uh, stuff. And I'm just like, no. It's so aggravating for one, and then for two, I don't want to help them, like, Improved be better than me. Improving quality be or better. whatever. Yeah, it's like yeah. I don't want you better than me, bro. Nah, I don't mind helping anybody, but I would. I'm a cunt. Uh, <laughs> I would. I mean, I appreciate you coming to do it, but like, I can see how that'd be aggravating and shit. Would you? There's nobody that's really like my competitor around here, or I, I guess, yeah, there's nobody around here that does it. But, like, you having a gym, I wouldn't improve on anybody's anything. I, I would, like, counsel, be nice or whatever, but if it was something I figured out that just nobody could do, I wouldn't fuck tell nobody. Dude, I I say that, like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that. But the truth is, is, like, nobody can recreate what we do anyway. Yeah. And I, I know that sounds arrogant. It does not I, sound that arrogant. That sounds – but, like, we build a, a team of people and guys, like, it's like if you've ever been a part of a team, football, wrestling, like basketball, anything, military, and it's like we recreate, recreate this environment where, for one, you can be yourself. It's not uptight. It's not like whatever. 
where it's like you just get to come hang out and be yourself and learn a skill, like learn how to, if you wanted to, really hurt someone. But that's not really what it's about. Yeah. But we have guys in there just like, I just want to learn how to fight. I'm like, all right, cool. If that's what you want to do, cool, you can do that here. But most of our people, most of them are just there to belong to something, be a part of a village and like, have have people that are like minded hanging out. And what it reminds me of, have you ever seen the movie uh, it's MVP? It's a it's an organization now that works with athletes and veterans combined. Like they take the atmosphere of what used to be in the locker room, and they dispense it to where they have their own gyms now or their own meetings at certain gyms to where veterans get to hang out and work out and become buddies with either ex-athletes or current athletes. And it's like just building that same mentality. Any any that The movie goes into way more depth than that, obviously, yeah. how it started and all this kind of stuff. But what you do at your gym, like hearing from Cobb and other people, same environment. Like you're just you're creating a family. You're creating a brotherhood. I have not seen MVP, but it sounds like exactly what we do. Yeah. And it's like the, the, the crazy thing is, is like, we have some competitors and some athletes. Like we got a, I got a young kid, uh, Davion Hutto, is fixing to make his MMA debut, and uh, it's like um, we got a lot of lot of people that are athletic and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how people are drawn to people that are that way. But what most important, what I think is, is that men men make other men better. Mm-hmm. So like Let's when fucking go with that. So yeah. the co- the competitiveness of like catching up or being where someone else is, it gets you off the couch. It gets you moving. It it puts this new drive that that as an adult you don't really see anywhere. And that's what I love about it. Yeah, like-minded people being around them. That's even like with what we do. Like you have to have a group of folks that all are driving you to succeed and they're like everybody's got a common goal yeah that being around that dude you can't beat that shit that's the environment that common goal because it's like it's too easy to get caught up in sitting on the couch go to work get off work drink a beer watch tv it's like go to sleep get up do it again it's too easy to get caught up in that life and then when you put somebody in the gym it's like they go to work they get off, they come to the gym, and now they see all these guys that done the same thing, that are in better shape, that yeah. are doing this thing or whatever, and you go, well, I want that too. I want to be that. And then you see the levels of people rising and, like, being competitive in a good way, yeah. but lifting each other up. You said it earlier. I think the goal-oriented, it's like just having a purpose is, like, it changes your life. It gives you a reason to get out of that everyday norm and I, that's what i love about it is it it feels like i have a purpose i'm changing people's lives yeah. and that's my goal has always been to be a coach it's all i've ever wanted to do but through being a coach i'm allowed to change people's lives yeah and taylor tell you on my board i write it down every day I write it down every day, and it sounds crazy and you guys can call me a lunatic or whatever <laughs> but i write it down every day I want to change the world. Yeah. And with with the internet, it should be easy. And they say, uh, mathematically, if I change 10 people 
And then those 10 people go out and change. Wildfire effect. That's what I call it. Yeah. In five years, I would have changed the world. Yeah. And I don't know how what that vehicle looks like or how I'm going to do it. I don't want to create the next fucking well, Hitler. But, shit, but I, <laughs> I want to change the world in a positive well, way. Well, I'll tell you this about, like, I used to not understand like what you were doing because uh, you took Cobb from me. You took, you took my road dog from me. And I never got it for the longest time. I was like, Cobb's done lost all this weight. And he's, he was losing more when he got to y'all. He got in much better shape even then when he got to y'all. But it was like, why in the hell won't he go do stuff with me no more? And it was because he had found y'all, and y'all were the same. Y'all had the same goals. Y'all had the same interests, like the same drive. I used to all the time be up Cobb's ass and be like, why are you going to this jiu-jitsu competition or whatever? Like, why? And it finally clicked one day, and it's something that you just said. It was he had to have, like, a goal. Like, he had to have something he had to push himself for. I'm the same way. It's just I'm not fixing to do MMA. I just – I love what y'all do. I just, I don't think I would take, I would either not take it serious enough and get choked the hell out, or I would take it too serious, and I would want to do it all the time. It's, that's what happens. You want to do it all the time, and you get around people that are just like there, and it's like, it'll, it'll take over you, and it's like, it takes over a little bit, and then you learn the balance of it all for the people that have regular jobs that this isn't their life they'll learn the balance and figure it out. And they, they become lifetime, like people that do it forever, their whole life. But then you have the guys that just overdo it, burn themselves out. They'll leave for two or three months, and then they'll come back, overdo it, burn themselves out. And then you won't see them for a year, and then they come back. And there's, there's guys of, that do it both ways. I think the consistent person is probably the one, the one that finds the, the balance. Mm-hmm. As far as Bam goes, when he started, we were motivating him to be better and do better. I think he was like 289 pounds, 280 yeah, pounds when he started. Been, it would have been around now. And uh, he come from 320, though. He was bigger than that. Was he? Yeah, fuck yeah. When we started, me and him started going to the gym the same day. It was I was about between 320, 330, and he had every bit of 30 pounds on me. I don't, I don't care what he says. I've got the pictures from where we went to Orlando to a UFC pay-per-view. And if you look at me standing next to him, that was my heaviest I had ever been. And it was between 320, 330. And he was way bigger. Well, when I met him, he was like 280, 286, 290, something like that. And I didn't even let him roll. I don't know if he told y'all told you that, but uh-huh. like, I was like in my mind, I met him and I was like, he has to stay. Yeah. I said if if we let him roll, somebody's just gonna make him feel like he's done and he's never coming back. So I was like, all right, I'm not even gonna let you roll. I just want you to show up and do class and like do the warm ups and like get through the warm ups, dude, and you're good. Yeah. Like that's more than you've been doing your whole life. Like, but. He man, now he's the one motivating me. Like now I'm like, man, I don't want to do that shit. <laughs> and he's like, no, you're back. You got you got you injured your back, show up, do the reverse hopper. Hey, did you do your push-ups? Did you do your pull-ups? So now the tables like have turned. Now he is doing he's carrying Atlas stones, like these 250-pound Atlas stones, like picking them up and walking and shit. I'm like, why? Why are you doing that? Oh, I'm getting stronger for jujitsu. I'm like shit. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll, 
I'll bench press this forty five pound bar. Yeah, I, like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't know what like his. Uh, only thing I can ever think of is why anybody like Cobb. If you wasn't f- physically fit growing up, at some point in time, you do want to experience it or whatever. Like uh, Luke Combs is one of my my faves, and he was on a podcast recently. And uh, he said on there, like, if I never get my weight under control, it'll be the greatest regret of my life. And, like, I felt that so fucking much. And I feel like with Cobb, I feel like if he doesn't keep going and pushing himself every day, it's going to be real easy for him to backslide. I backslide all the time. I'll get down to where I want to be at between 215 and 220. And as soon as I get there, it's like, I'm here. Let's celebrate a little bit, and one day turns into one week, and then one week turns to a month. Next thing you know, I'm back at 250. But you still look way better than you did when uh, oh, yeah. back then. Yeah. Like you, uh, Bam was talking about that the other day. He was like, "You, your weight fluctuates now, but it's within a healthy range. Yeah. Like you, you, you never let it get get too far out of bound." And I, I like, I can we can see that. Yeah. And, uh, like right now, I'm on uh, like my down kick again like i had got back up to 245 250 and then i started going to uh your choice Healthcare and he's been with miss lynn one of our sponsors and uh put me on some new medicines new stuff to try and uh i didn't like one so she let me try something else and it's working great plus also too unless i just have to eat fa- i'm back on this kick to where i wouldn't eat fast food at all and now I'm back on this thing where I'm grilling everything. I'm cooking my own food, and what I cook, I eat for two or three days now. Yeah, I can't. I can't really meal prep. I hate meal prep food, but so I do this kind of shit now. You do just enough. Yeah, and yeah. it you can tell a huge difference, dude. Oh, I believe that fast food always makes me feel slow and sluggish, and just feel I feel like crap when I eat. It fast makes food. me feel fucking stupid, is what it makes me. I yeah. don't know what it is. There's something in it. That after I eat McDonald's, I'm kind of dumb. Or like jittery or just, just your mind? It, what? It honestly just feels I don't I it's so hard to explain. It's just you slowed down a little bit, like you're lagging. Oh yeah, that's me. I feel yeah, like I'm lagging. That's the best way to yeah. describe it. When I eat fast food like regularly, I literally feel like I'm like my brain doesn't work the way that it's supposed to work. Like I feel like I'm lagging. That's well, a when I went on uh when me and Kyle b- both started at the same time. I went on this fucking super... Like, I'm on this kick right now, these mushrooms and gummies and figure out what it does for mental health and all this kind of stuff. I went on this kick to where I wanted to know every different diet, work, work for who, and all this kind of stuff. And there was, like, one commonality between all of them. It was, if you look at your body as an engine, the kind of stuff you put in your body that your body already knows how to process from thousands of years of evolution and digesting stuff, our bodies were made to eat meat... Uh, vegetables, um, what else was it? Fruits and stuff like that. Anything out there that's processed, anything that's our bodies don't know how to eat. So when you put that shitty fuel in your body, your body's gonna run shitty. If you put good in there, you're gonna run fine. Dude, there's a video out that would take a a regular hamburger, one that hasn't been like processed and stuff, like straight from the butcher. Yeah, and they would pour molten uh like metal. On it, mm-hmm. and it would just char the crap out of that thing, and like, m- like it wouldn't, it, you couldn't even recognize it anymore. It become part of the the metal, but they would do that to like McDonald's hamburgers, and the molten metal would just slide off, slide off, and they was like, "How's your body supposed to process this?" It can't, 
uh, it's a really stupid documentary if you really look at it. But that um that supersized documentary you ever watched it? Yeah, the guy eats nothing but McDonald's. I seen the review like the I, oh the dude gets it. deathly sick after thirty days of eating nothing but McDonald's. But also too, I see McDonald's point with it. Nobody said to eat McDonald's every fucking day for every meal. Yeah, like you know nobody ever said that, but this dude does. And when you see him on day one and on day thirty. I think even there in like a 30 days, he develops like early onset diabetes. Yeah. That, that, I seen the little clips of it, and yeah. I, they were like, oh, he developed all this. He didn't even get to do everything he wanted to do with the documentary because he got so sick, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, he did another one, though. He did another one. It's called Big Chicken. If you've never seen this one, this one's fire. Never even heard of that. All right. Big Chicken is where he started off wanting to do – it was almost the same the same lines or whatever. Uh, he was going to fast food restaurants. He, he was getting the food from them. He was getting them broke down by like a scientist, some shit or whatever. And somehow he stumbled upon while he was doing that. And he, he puts all this in the documentary, how it started and how it ended up. It's so good. But it's he starts examining where our chicken comes from. And big chicken's like big pharma. Like when you see free range or you see all this other stuff, uh, and then you see what classifications you have to have for to call something free range. It's fucking stupid. You could have, for it to be called free range, this whole room right now could be filled with chickens. And as long as you open that door right there, I'm talking about packed, ass to ass where you can't move. You could open that door there, put a fence around just my little stoop that's right here in front of my front door to where chickens can just go in and out. That's free range. And it's the yeah, that's <laughs> it's so stupid. And then when you see them, they give these chickens at birth a shot, a steroid shot, to where by the time they are full grown, I think it's eight months. I think it takes eight months for a chicken with these shots to go from whatever to full grown. And I, these chickens are fucking jacked. They look like the rock. I thought it was like twelve weeks. It might be. It's not long, whatever it is. I thought it was longer, but I can't remember. It doesn't take long at all. I think it's I, I, I think it's like every two and a half months you get to clean them out, clean out the, the things. I, I don't know that, to be yeah. sure, but I know it's like no more than three or four months, and they're swapping, swapping chickens out. Like they're they're getting rid of some it, and adding it's some been, ones in. It's been so long since I've seen it. It might be I really can't remember. But, but when you watch it, you're like, shit. And then though, it makes sense. Like, it, they start the other stuff that's kind of correlates with it. You start seeing like how kids are getting bigger, or whatever. And it's yeah. the, it's the shit from the food we're feeding. Yeah, you them. didn't see kids six, twelve, ten years ago. No. 15, 20 years ago. My daughter is twelve, dude, and she looks like she's sixteen, seventeen already. Like. That's not just something that didn't happen. <laughs> like, this little ch chicken nugget eating bitch just like blew the fuck up all of a sudden. Really fucked us up. Yeah, man. So, um, at the gym, backtrack yeah, a little bit. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, backtrack a little bit. We got on something that I'm not, I don't know much about. Um, dude, we got people that are, we got people that are from all walks of life, from doctors, lawyers, all this kind of stuff to, um, to just people that are gym rats that are just wanting to be in there, wanting to train, wanting to have fun. But the the main thing we all have in common is that we're just wanting to be better, yeah. do better. And BAM is a pillar 
Like he's over. He is my head kid coach now, and he teaches my adult class once a week. I just took over the wrestling program for Dodge County. I'm I'm uh I was invited by uh, Coach Greer, mm -hmm. Steve Greer. He's the principal now. He was like, "Come over here. I want you here." I was like, "Cool." So I've been helping coach these wrestling kids up for about a week now. So I think we're gonna we're gonna see some different wrestlers coming out of Dodge County pretty soon. Yeah, we've heard uh, Coach Greer's name on the show several times. Yeah, like Matthew, uh, a couple other people. Nice. They, they just rave about the dude. Dude, I can tell you this. He's either going to make some big change in Dodge County or they're going to get rid of him. <laughs> it's like there's no in-between. And Taylor was talking about that earlier. It's like he's holding motherfuckers accountable. Like there's, if you, there's this uh, it's a Dodge County, what's it called? Uh Oh, the Dodge County Bulletin. Dodge County yeah. Bulletin. Do you have you been a part of that? Fuck no. Oh my god, bro. You I, should join it just to see what people say. Yeah, uh they do there's something here on Facebook that they do in Cochrane. Mm -hmm. I look I get so mad at people and I used to be so opinionated about shit like that to where I'd want to start an argument. And now it's just like <laughs> That's me. Fuck these people. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not even fixing to argue with Uncle Bill. Like fuck <laughs> Uncle Bill. Dude, people are so like I can't help it to feel this way, but people are idiots. Stupid. And it's like you can't. I've lost members because of this. It's like you can't teach someone or show someone your ex like experience, like give them a lesson that they're not ready for. Yeah. And it's like it's like what you do with podcasting and stuff. You can talk until you're blue in the face about the things you've learned and the things you've been through to get to where you are and what it took and all this, but. People, if some people go till they're seventy years old and never learn these types of lessons that I'm I'm out here giving, and uh, I, I've literally lost members over uh, saying that you're in charge of your own happiness. I said that shit in class one day. It scares people. I, I said I, 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 hear, I had I had a conversation with a buddy last night, and I was trying to explain to him. Uh, I love him dearly, but he he was talking about how. He's got all these bills and how he works all the time. And he's a wonderful father, a wonderful friend. Like, he's one of my best friends of all. Like, I've known him since I was a baby. He's a good man. And, but he was, he was saying all this stuff. And you can tell he's upset. And I was like, dude, you got to remember. I don't care who you are. Like, you define your own version of happiness. Like, you, you define it. Like, if you're stressed out about all these bills and having a big house, nice truck, and all this stuff, you can downsize. And maybe that's what makes you happy. Like everybody, especially Dodge County, God forbid, you got to go to First Baptist, you got to drive a fat-ass truck, you got to damn own a big-ass house, you got to check all these boxes off in order for you to be considered successful. And it's not. Like you're it's doing what everybody else wants you to fucking do. Yeah, that's not it at all. And like I said, I, I was standing there. It was just before Taylor and I got married, actually. Yep. Um, I, I literally lost five members like that and it's like we can we can afford to lose it i don't want i don't want people inside my school that aren't on the same page as as like what we're trying to do i want to move forward i want to have people that are like i said like-minded going that are that are able to uh grow and learn and like have this this constant need for learning and growth and all this stuff to to better your life that's our goal is to just become better than who we are. And um, I said it. 
it was a it was about something about responding to your wife. Oh, I say the text. Yeah, yeah. you're talking about how some people don't enjoy like K's or IOIs and things like that. Yeah, and I I text Taylor IOI. She does not. That? I love you. Oh, uh, okay. I IOI. That's what it means. But she's like, you have to spell that shit out. <laughs> she's like, I love you. Like, you have to write it out. It doesn't have the same meaning. And I commented about that. I was like, well, it means the same thing to me. Yeah. And then some of the, the parents and stuff was like, why can't you just do what she wants you to do? <laughs> and I, and I was a like. a woman in this situation, I really won. They had my back. They did not have his back. (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, all right, so let me get this straight. I don't want to spend the time and get frustrated to top that out. I can hit I and IOI pops up and hit it and be done, and she gets the same message. She interprets interprets the message differently considered, like, by, by the way it was spelled. Yeah. Same message, but I need to change. Is that what y'all are saying to me? And they was like, yeah, if it bothers her, why don't you just do what she wants? And I'm like, well, how many times do I do that before I'm not happy? Yeah. Oh, 100%. If you, and it, it's, it's not all of the things, but if you give in on one, then you got to start giving in on all Well, if I give in every time because yeah. it makes her happy, when do I lose myself? Yeah. When do when do I, when am I not happy anymore? And it's like, how much do I have to give before it's enough? Yeah. And I was like, when something like this comes up, she should read she should read that and go, oh, he loves me. I didn't send anybody else IOI today. Yeah. And um and that's what I said to the this group of people. I said uh, I said it's it's like at what point does my feelings start to matter? Because it really does, and this sounds stupid, I get that. When I try to swap I love you on my phone every fucking time, it says I like you or I LOL you. And then I have to backspace, 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 and retop it. And it takes me like a minute to like top this shit out. And, and it's frustrating me and it's like overwhelming me when now I'm, I'm literally causing myself stress to send this thing out when it means the same thing to me. I could, mm-hmm. I could get both sides of that argument. So I, I, I could. All right. So then this is where I took the argument to. Uh, I said, if we go to Walmart, if not, not if we go to Walmart, let's say I want to go to Walmart and Taylor doesn't want to go to Walmart. I'm like, hey, let's go to Walmart. I need to get this. I don't want to go to Walmart. Now, if I get angry at her, and it's like, go to Walmart with me. She's like, I don't want to go to Walmart. Well, I got to get all this stuff for this house anyway. You can come. If she goes, now we're both pissed off at Walmart. <laughs> right? What's fucked up is the way you're explaining it makes sense. But, <laughs> but at the same time, I literally get both sides of this. Like, I, yeah. can see, I can see how somebody needs affirmation and how they just want you to take an extra second. But at the same time, if you're stuck in your ways and you're meaning... Like it should mean the same thing. Well, it, it should. So, but if the everybody in that instance would go, well, you're being an asshole, Jimmy. Just go to Walmart without her. But then, if you 
flip the roles and she wants me to go to Walmart and I don't want to go to Walmart, I should just go to Walmart to make her happy. Yeah. You didn't know you was a man. That You, you didn't know that we were supposed to shut the fuck up and do what we're told. So I said that, and then everybody said, well, what's your job as a man if not to make her happy? And I said, I can never do enough works to make anyone happy. The only person that I can make happy is myself. Yeah. And my job is to make myself as happy as I can and then share that happiness with my wife. Yeah, I don't believe a relationship is supposed to be 50-50. I think it's supposed to be 100-100. I think that you're supposed to be happy within yourself, and when you're happy within yourself, that's when you try to settle down with somebody. You can't make somebody happy unless you're happy. Mm-hmm. Right, and if I'm, if I'm constantly trying to make her happy, and I'm doing things, and then I feel like I'm failing, am I going to be happy? God damn, I'm too high. That is a conundrum. No, you're right. I mean, it is. Like, if you are stressing yourself and you're making yourself unhappy to make her happy, you're making yourself uncomfortable to make her comfortable, And what, what's the give and take on and that? Then, I get it. I and get then it. what happens years to come after 10 or 15 years of doing that? God damn, you're really going down the rabbit hole here. Like, you're talking about 10, 15 years. You're giving up, if you give up a little piece of yourself so much along the way, you end up giving up your whole self over time, and then you're then you're not you anymore. And now you got this whole other life that you've created outside of your marriage to get your little bit of piece of happiness. And then you're you're going through a divorce, mm-hmm. or your whole life has been a lie because when you find out that this motherfucker ain't who he he's been pretending to be yeah. this whole time. With me, you see, which what you see is what, what you, you get. get. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna tell her I O Y. And if she wants to get mad at me about that, then she can be mad over there. Because that's it. Like, that's how it is. Mad right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. <laughs> no, a big part of this was because we have these little boys in our program. Like, we have more boys than we do girls. And it was, you know, you're that- teaching your sons that their feelings don't matter. That they do not matter in a relationship. And... And that's why I was. That's why I was so upset about it. I did not. I'm so sorry. I did not mean to overtalk you. But that is why I was so upset. Yeah. Is because they were. They told me that women are more emotional than men, and I should take that into consideration and just do what she wants. And I said, Why do you think men's suicide rate is 75 percent higher than women's? Because they're taught their entire life that a woman's feelings is more important than man's. And they're, and they're taught, little boys don't cry. Little boys don't do this. Be a man. Man up. Your, your fucking feelings don't matter. And now y'all, all y'all women who have boys in this program are standing here telling me that my feelings are irrelevant about going to Walmart when hers matter more than mine. And I was You just fucked me all up. Because you're right. I mean, that's... <laughs> Taylor, you fucking lost, bro. <laughs> hey, no. I thought I was with you at the beginning. Yeah. And <laughs> fucking Coach Prime over here just made me go run through a motherfucker for it. Well, I, we're pretty fortunate in that department because we agree on it um, for the most part. And he does send I love you. I don't get IOI very often. This is true. But, I'm just using that as an example. Yeah, yeah but we do, um, you know, there are some things that we compromise on, but a lot of the time it's, 
you know, hey, if you want to do that and I don't want to be a part of it, cool, go do it. Or, hey, I'm going to go do this. You can come with me or you can stay. It's fine. Um, and then we have every night where we sit down and we are watching some Netflix show or Amazon. That's when we spend our time together and talk about our day. And that's how it goes. And it works out really well. You, you can tell with you guys. Uh, you guys are always been, like, super secure with each other. Uh, that's why, like, even people bringing that up at the gym kind of just, like, I know you use that as an example, but it's like e- – knowing y'all just a little bit I do they should have known at the gym when you were using that example not to get mad about it yeah and I feel like they if they they truly know me yeah it's like all the examples that come up it wasn't about the examples yeah it was about the fact that it was the hey, premise the, of it or whatever yeah it was like the whole point behind all of it was like hey I'm not gonna give up myself or who I am for someone else because how many times do you give up yourself before you become someone that you don't like and it's like and you're taught from a and it's such a thing that happens in our society in western culture mostly it's like the men give up so much of themselves when they're around their women that um that it that it they they lose themselves yeah and when they lose themselves that's when you start running into marital problems and you start, you seeing dudes. When a man stops becoming a man. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I, I get it. And you also got these people that, uh, that'll say shit like, oh, well, the boss is at home or, oh, you better do what she says because, you know, she controls whatever. Like, one of these parents have said several times inside my gym around kids, he won't be getting any if he, if he acted like you. And stuff like that. And I responded that day. This is why I upset most of them. I responded that way, that day from you. Yeah. He better not be getting it from somewhere else. I said, well, if you're acting like that. Ooh, a cold, frigid woman. I ain't saying cheating ain't never right. It's the wrong. If you get to that point, just leave them. Just leave like, them. I'm just not, leave them. I'm just not leave an them. advocate for that. But a bad attitude from a man or woman. It's probably the leading cause of people cheating. Like, it ain't anything else. It's if you have a bad attitude and you don't show the other one that you care, mm-hmm. that's the leading damn thing. And I, I think that, I think you're right. It's, it's like, I would never use something that she cares about yeah. against her to get something that I want. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, oh, well, I ain't washing your car if you don't. <laughs> Like, I wouldn't do that. It's like, whatever it is that I she like wants. I like how you compared washing the car to sex. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's what I'm like, thinking. Yeah, like, 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 she'd rather have her car washed than go to bed. With <laughs> hey, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to think of the women equivalent, like, yeah. of in sex. Wash, in it's washing like, your car. Like, do, you know, hey. <laughs> watching. <laughs> no, I ain't never washed a bitch's car <laughs> I mean, in my life. I don't think maybe I've ever washed her car they, either. Maybe that's why I have such bad luck with women. They've never washed my car. I've never washed a car, so I don't know. You know how many people's gonna take it now <laughs> and turn and listen to the show, and, and they're gonna turn having sex into the what you're gonna say instead of wash uh, yeah. backwards. I mean, like when everybody else is around, like damn, baby, I sure we go home and wash that car right now. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> we just made a new term for sex. There it is. 
Uh, nah, but so I, I, I'm a firm believer in this. Men want sex, That's and no women shit. want, and women want help. <laughs> women want help. Yeah. So like they, m- women want help with laundry, help with dishes, help mm. with whatever it, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be house chores, but yeah. like whatever it is, women want help around the house. Yeah. And men want sex. I don't think so, it, I don't think it's help. I don't think it's help. I think it's like you being there and you being attentive to the needs and like knowing that, Hey, if you come home from work this day or you're around this person, you see there's X amount of dishes in there and you know, they're tired helping them with it. Then not just all the time, like showing that little bit of shit. Yes. I think is what everybody wants. Absolutely. I think I think women want help and men want peace. I really do think that that's the truth is like a man doesn't want to come home and be like the first thing he's met with is all the problems. Oh goddamn! It's right. it should right. be. Hey, how was how was practice? How was how was wrestling practice? How was uh, class tonight? How like that? That's my job, so yeah. that's why I'm saying class. But it's like, how was the gym tonight? Or how was your job? And and then let you. Get that? They don't want to be met with. Well, you didn't take out the trash this morning, motherfucker. Hey, I'm telling you, me like it is. It is my biggest thing. Me and Gracie, I'm even teaching her now. So me and her have a good relationship. The older that she gets with stuff, but our saying is attitude is everything. Yeah. Like I make her every time we get into a fucking argument or whatever. I, before we even holler at each other, I tell her take a deep breath. And say it. Attitude is everything. And how she acts moving forward is how I'm going to respond. And vice versa. Same thing going back and forth. And with anything like walking in the door, if you if there is a problem, how you approach that problem is how the problem is going to get solved. If you go at me like a bitch, I'm going to go at you like a fucking asshole. Yep. And that that is it's like um, one of the, the things we teach the kids um, f- for self-defense follows along those same lines it's like ego is the number one cause of fights right yeah so it's the same thing is how you respond and how you act and the attitude that you carry when you're uh you're addressing things and saying things what you put out into the world is what you receive if i go out into public and i'm smiling at everybody and i'm like hey man how you doing people are gonna do it back but if I go out and I'm just like mean mugging everybody, everybody's like, what the fuck's that guy's problem? They're going to mean mug mm-hmm. back. And I tell this story. I might have told it on here before. Probably. About the dog. So there's a dog, and he walks into this room, and he comes out, and he's everything's bland, and he's just more bland when he comes out. The next dog is super happy. He goes into this room. He comes out. He's even more happy. He's even more like thrilled about life. You got this other dog that's angry, walks into the same exact room, and he comes out. He's even more mad. He's more angry. What do you think's in the room? Something bad. Mirror. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Ooh, that's deep, man. Yeah, dude. Bro, so that dog that dog sees, every, a happy dog sees a bunch of happy dogs staring back. Yeah. An attitude is contagious. 100%. An attitude, that's oh, why yeah. I didn't get it. I didn't get it till like, probably in the past two years. But you're but, learning that. Yeah. And that's growth, and that's the type of people you have to put yourself around. Mm-hmm. Not that seventy-year-old that lived the same way and wonder why everybody, everything's everybody else's fault, yeah. motherfucker. I can't well, stand like it. having like when you would hear like a coach or something from football, baseball, whatever, and they were like, "We had a, we like needed a locker room guy. 
We needed a locker room guy. And I didn't really get that till recently. And it's like they needed somebody that was just so fucking positive that when they were down or whatever, like there was somebody there that was going to be contagious. Like there, we can do this shit. We can rebound. We can fucking come back. Like you need that shit. And if you're, those are the people that I want to be around. I want to be around yes. fucking locker room guys. Yes. And that, that is what our whole gym is. Yeah. Like everyone in our gym, if you come in there having a bad day, everybody else is like, "What's up, man? Let's go. Let's go. You have, hey, you had a shitty day today. Let's get it. Let's train. Let's forget about that shit. Hey, man, guess what? Tomorrow you get to do better. Tomorrow you get to you get to you get to do whatever." Bam's favorite thing is he's like, "I'm sitting in these in this office, knowing that I can kick everybody's ass, <laughs> and it just makes me feel better." That's what Bam told me, you know. Like, that type of attitude towards the world, it's like, it doesn't matter what room I'm in, I'm one of the, I'm one of the, the toughest dudes there, or I know, like, how to, to maneuver to just fuck somebody up, yeah. and that makes me happy. That, well, see, like, what you do, especially like somebody like Cobb, I've seen his confidence skyrocket so mm -hmm. much because of you guys. Cobb used to, I remember this one time, we was at Crazy Bull, uh, R.I.P. Crazy Bull, it closed finally this, like, yesterday, it'll, it'll oh. never open again. Uh, but we were at Crazy Bull one time, and this dude walked up to me. It was very weird, and he shook my hand and said, hey, are you Josh Terry? Dude clocked me in the fucking face. Cobb's just standing there. Dude splits my eye open, takes off out the door or whatever. I'm, I'm gushing. I don't move, probably because I'm so drunk, but whatever he had on cut my eye. And Cobb's just standing there. Cobb didn't do nothing. Cobb didn't do anything. And when we went outside about 30 minutes later after the owner and everybody kind of like fucking chilled out situation, kicked him out and all this kind of stuff. Cobb's out here and he's upset. And he's just like, man, I, didn't, I, I couldn't even fucking move. Like I froze. And he was, he was real upset. And I was like, dude, this shit happens. Don't be fucking upset about it. I didn't hit him. Like he hit me, took off running. What the fuck was supposed to do? I ain't fucking running. <laughs> like, chasing you, him down. You hit me, I didn't move. You might have split my eye. I didn't fucking go. Like you'd one took off running. You didn't want none. And uh, anyway, and now if that was to happen... Cobb liable to choke a bitch out and put them on their ass. Cobb, Cobb would 1,000%. Yeah, and that's cool. That's only 1, a three-year difference. Oh, no, that's, well, actually, I tell you, that's way longer than three years ago. That's like 2016. Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge difference. Yeah, but just knowing that he would now. Oh, he would, 100%. There is no doubt mm -hmm. in my mind that, that Bam would. I call him Bam, by the way, for you guys listening. Uh, I, I refuse to. Yeah, his I'm name not a is, nickname person, though. His name is Cobb, but I have, we gave him Bam because we were playing wiffle ball one day in the gym. And if you guys ever seen the Flintstones, Bam Bam, the dude that lifts up couches and stuff with one hand, he looked exactly like Bam Bam. And I just said it. And then it stuck, and everybody just calls him Coach Bam. So he's Coach Bam to us, and Bam, that's who we're talking about. Same person. Well, it fits him now. Yeah. It does. It fits him. I love uh, I love when he came in here a couple weeks ago, and we kind of redid some stuff. He helped me, and we had some drinks and shit. And then we did a show. Uh, I got a lot of hand for him there towards the end. Uh, he was ready to go, uh, but I was, I was stoned. Like, and Cobb don't. Cobb used to be so much fun. I'm glad that he's happy doing what he's doing and it makes him happy. But, like, Cobb used to – he probably wouldn't have got high with me. But he used to – would have got a little bit wilder, a little let back or whatever. And uh, it was like I was telling you the other day, I love the fact that he can – he's learned how to say no. Like, yeah, I, like that's a huge thing for anybody. 
learning just what it's like to say no, like I'm good and everything. Like, and y'all guys are the ones that instilled that shit in. Well, it, and here's the thing. He showed up. So it wasn't, it wasn't us. It's the environment. It's the, the culture. It's like, I can't take credit for his hard work at all. It's like, he just found something that he wanted to improve on and he showed up and he did the work. So, it's like I can't take anything from him. Like I said, he's the one that's like pushing me. I injured my back a couple months ago. It's been about two years ago now. It's a couple months. My ADHD brain is like a couple months, two years ago. Mine's getting the best of me right now. But um, no, I hurt my back, and he's the one that is like telling me the things I need to do to get my life back in order. And it's, it's our whole culture. Everybody's yeah. like that in a way. And, and it's like Taylor has these little wins. She does a four- to six-year-old class. And, like, watching these four-year-olds come in that are just friggin' whiny, crybaby, everything's the end of the world, to watching them wrestle and full ropes. Her kids, when they come to our uh, seven- to 13-year-old class, they are literally the best wrestlers in the room because they spent – they're four to six year old just doing shot steps and full rolls and like moving their bodies. So by the time they get to BAM's class, these little kids are monsters. <laughs> and it's because like she teaches them, it's like, are you injured or are you, are you hurt? How, how does that go? Yeah, that's what I'll ask them. I'm like, okay, is this a bruise or do we need to go to the hospital? What are we crying about? And as soon as they hear hospital or shot, they're like, oh no, it's okay, I'm fine. That was like literally the lesson that we didn't learn until we got to high school. Yep. I, I remember playing football, and that's what they would always ask. Mm -hmm. Are you injured? Are you hurt? Yep. And you, you are supposed to, like, go through pain. Yeah, you, it's you, pain's you, part of it. Yeah. It's important. It's an important part of it. And that's what I tell them, you know, like, this is a combat sport. You're going to have bumps and bruises. You're okay. It's okay for your elbow to hurt right now. You're not broken. Go wrestle. And that's, like, a lesson just to apply to everything in the rest of your life, too. Yes. Like, it's such a, like... Even when it comes to, like, a relationship, like a heartbreak or something. Mm -hmm. Like, every single thing. It's like, are you hurt? Are you going to die? Yep. Are you really fucked? Yeah, like mm -hmm. Is it the end of the world, yeah. or are we okay? Yeah, and exactly. Especially now, um, I really feel like people give up too easily. As soon as something gets hard, or you're oh. uncomfortable, or whatever it may be, it's just like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, no. Yeah, we live in a world of instant gratification. Now, if you don't mm -hmm. get... The acknowledgement you want as soon as you do something, mm -hmm. you stop fucking doing it. You don't think you're good enough to do it. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a, a huge issue with kids these days. And um, it comes from, and we, we were talking about this the other day, it comes from the, the school system's grading system. Like you get an <laughs> Let's A. get on that shit. You please. get <laughs> A, a B, a C, or a D, right? And it's like you work really hard for an A. And that A is everything. But sometimes C is the best you can do. Yeah. For some kids, C is the best they can do. Parents aren't rewarding the damn C. And the C should be rewarded because of the effort. I'm not great at everything I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm good at most everything I apply myself to because of ADHD. Yeah. But I'm not great. There's some things that I just fuck. I'm not great at math. Oh, fuck. I can't uh, do math. Save my life, dude. Bro, read? I, I fucking hate reading. Taylor asked me questions and just laugh at me because she'll know the answer immediately. Somebody ask a math question. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, let me get my calculator. And she's like, you can't do that in your head? Mm -hmm. No. No, I can't. No. 
They don't realize everything, every word, every number is reversed in my head when I see it. Yeah. And I have to take my time. I will know what this package says right here. And I will look at it. Magic bar beeswax. <laughs> like, and that's why everybody used to think I was like such a shitty speller. Nobody until I got to 12th grade realized I was dyslexic. They just wow. thought like I couldn't fucking spell and I couldn't read. <laughs> like, this guy's stupid. Why does it take him so long for everything? I was fucking dyslexic. Menus. I, I just pick oh, a picture. Oh, God, me same. I can't. Menus frustrate me so bad. Mm-hmm. I will read the headline on what it is. I'll never read the description. I, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, like blank. Oh, I can't like, read them. I, I can't. I can't. It's can't just not. like the words, are. there's too much going on. Yeah. I cannot read them. And Taylor's like, why can't you just look at the menu and pick something? And I'm like, I don't see it. <laughs> I no. don't see it. I can't explain it. I, I'm the same fucking way. I, it drives me insane. First off, my eyes are going to fixate towards the pictures first anyway. Yep. And then once I see the pictures, I'm focused on the pictures. I can't go back to the words after I've seen the pictures. Nope. Yep. And I, and it's like, I don't know what this menu says, and it makes me feel stupid. Yeah. And then when you're sitting there asking me, and I can't, I physically cannot see the words in a way that's comprehensible, like so I can comprehend what's on this page, I can't. Because there's too much other things mm-hmm. going on around me. And I'm like, just tell them what I want. What do you want? I don't know. Pick something that you think I'll like. Yeah, you want to see somebody have an anxiety attack for no fucking reason? Take me to a fancy restaurant where it's in cursive. Oh. And first, I don't know who the fuck came up with curses, but fuck them. <laughs> that was who said we're going to take le- red- regular letters and make them squiggly? Yeah. They are fucking assholes. <laughs> but you take me there, and then when the fucking waiter or waitress comes up to take an order, from me seeing them until me knowing I have to place my order, I will have a fucking anxiety I'm attack. I'm the same way. And, yeah. and... If I'm ready for them, yeah, and they don't come oh, right boy. when I'm ready, that by the time they get back, I forgot, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, uh, 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 and I'm flipping through the page, and it's like, why are you having so much anxiety? Why are you like acting that? It just, it's like, no, I don't want to, because my brain sucks. That's yeah. why. <laughs> yeah, what, what you was talking about with the school thing is something that I fucking love, and nobody ever touches it on on the show. I am. I hate No Child Left Behind. I I hate that we have these things that we think we have to teach children in school. I think, and this this usually makes parents mad, uh, I think you have to be super real with a kid. Like, by the time they get to high school, you should know whether that kid is going to be a fucking brain surgeon or not. You should know whether Mm -hmm. that kid is going to be a professional athlete or not. Like, you, well, professional athlete, I know a lot's about heart. Yeah. Okay, but let me put it this way with athlete. I'm 5'10 on a good day when my back doesn't hurt. Yes. There was never a chance of me playing professional football. No. You cannot teach size. It doesn't matter. I could have been whatever. Professional football was something that was never going to happen. Major League Baseball, maybe there's a couple 5'8s there, but that is one in a trillion, damn near it. Like, that's hard. So, like, People should realize what a kid's going to be by the time they get to high school and how athletic they are, or whatever, uh, academic-wise, too. And if it's where they're trying to do something that they're never going to achieve, I don't think it's wrong to say, hey, this isn't going to be your thing you're going to do the rest of your life. Let's find something that you are good at, and let's put you in that situation. Yeah. So, uh, 
I think that that a, a lot of the issues these days is the these kids will get an A, and the parents is like, "Oh my God, my baby got an A," and the kid feels so good about the A he that they he or she associate that feeling with the A. Yeah. Instead of praising the effort, see if oh, you yeah, teach I a like kid, that. I like that. If you teach a kid to and, and praise their effort, whether they got the C. The D or the the A, if you praise effort every time, that kid will grow up trying to accomplish the good thing or get the A. Putting forth their all no matter what they do. Whereas if you teach them the A is is a good feeling, a lot of them will cheat to get that A. Yeah. A A lot of kids will go, oh, I need an A. And then the A is the important thing. And then they start finding shortcuts away around to get the A. Or they just go, oh, well, this is what's important is this A. Not the path that took them to the A. Not the effort. Yeah. If, you, if you praise effort, you take two kids. You praise one for getting good grades. You praise one for effort. Which one mm. do you think is going to be successful? The effort. The one that, a that hundred times over, the one that you praise effort. Yeah. I see it over and over in the gym. Kids will come in and they're like, he... He just thinks he's got to be perfect, or she thinks he's got to be perfect. Well, it's the same thing I tell musicians and, and these social media personalities. you got to enjoy the process. You have to enjoy the journey. If you look so much towards the destination, when you get to the destination, it's going to be just a fucking letdown most mm-hmm. of the time once after that high of getting there. All right, once you get what you are trying to achieve, you got to start back over again. You yeah. have to enjoy the road there. Yeah, the journey is everything, and I tell people that all the time. It's like when I was actively fighting and stuff, and it's like trying to get there, all those fight camps and all the stuff that I was going through and, and all that. It's like when I look back, it's like all the kickboxing matches, the, all the, the stuff that I did, it's like the training in the room with the team is what I miss. Yeah. It's like that that hard drive, those those nights where I was – like at my my end, and then I still had guys pushing me and gassing me up to like do one more round or whatever. It's like that's what I miss. That's the nostalgia that I miss, which is, was the journey. At the time, I didn't realize what I was doing. What are you doing, Kilby? Hello. Hello. I figured I said hi. Hi. Where's Walker? <laughs> He's not here. Right. Tell him I said hi. Oh, you got the baby? I'm here. Yeah, I got Hold on a second. We got to pause this. We got to. I like. I got to see the baby. He's got to see the baby. You know. That is perfect timing. It's like some kid just showing up, trick-or-treating. That's what I thought. Uh, so for those who don't know, it's uh, Halloween, uh, whatever, here in Cochran. And uh, some good friends of mine have stopped by with their baby. And uh, I really, I thought it was like a kid coming up to my house to get candy. If there was ever a house not to walk up to and get candy, <laughs> it's this one. It's like, like, I really do feel, hey, you want some gummies, little? <laughs> no, I would never. I would... Never. Oh man. Oh God. So, anyway. Yeah, we were talking about um schools and uh the grading system and how I I think that the parents reward the A versus yeah. effort. And I think that effort is more important. Rewarding effort is more important than rewarding the grade. Yeah. And uh, and the reason I, I'm I feel that way is it's like that's how you create someone who's going to become successful. It's like 
on our mat, the kid that keeps showing up, even though he's going to lose. Yeah. Whoa. It's okay. It doesn't pick up when you do it. Oh. Well, um, yeah, so, like, the the kids that come in that are studs, yeah. that are really, really good, they usually don't last. It's like, you would think that that's, like, oh, the kid's going to stay. It's like, no. Everything their entire life has come easy to them. Yeah, they've got it. That's what I was going to say. They've got everything easy. And then when something hard gets put in their face, they don't know how to do it. And then the kids that everything's always been, like, a little difficult or a little hard, it's like, no, this is nothing new. I just got to keep showing up and keep putting in the work. And and then I get I get uh, good at this, right? It's like everything else. See the same thing with the adults, but there's so many kids that come in to the gym and they they expect to be perfect, and when they're not perfect, they want to quit. And it's you can tell that they have been rewarded for the grade, yeah. for the thing well, that they were good at doing versus the effort that they give to do the thing. That's why I don't like participation trophies or anything like that. Like, I think you have to earn – I don't think that just earning it is uh, the best part of it. I think that the lessons you learn when you don't earn it, like, are even better. Like, yeah, yeah like, mm-hmm. if you didn't know how good it felt to win, or if you didn't know how bad it felt to lose, you wouldn't know how good it felt to win. Yeah, yeah I like, agree. Without you, you have to learn that lesson. It's the old uh, saying, without pain, you wouldn't experience, like, you wouldn't know joy. Yeah. As, like, deep joy or something like that. I think that was a 50-cent quote, but. It's, a, it's okay. It's been around for a long time. It's like without without good, you wouldn't know what bad was. Yeah. Without bad, you wouldn't know what. Mm. Yeah. So you experiencing something as such as loss, yeah. it makes the win that much better. If you struggled to get a, get here and to win your match, that win feels so much better. Yeah. And and we put these kids through that. Bam went through it. Mm-hmm. Dude, Bam, Bam competed and competed and competed, and then when he, like, did some of the stuff correctly and got his first win, I think he competed all through white belt and didn't win a match until he was a blue belt. And it was like he won his first match at blue, and it was like he come home with a gold medal in blue at blue belt but never achieved that at white. It's like, okay, so not only did he take a, a gold medal home at a higher belt, he experienced all of this loss before that. That gold means way more to him than all all the other all the other crap, you know. Yeah, I think you have to. I think that is something that parents are just killing their kids with now. And uh, this is going to sound super bad when I first say it, but like I think that like you're really fucking your kid over by telling him he's just as good or she's just as good as the kid next to you in that subject, whether it's sports whatever or something academic like you saying oh you can do it you can definitely do it because little johnny sitting next to him can do it right like i think that's hurting your kid by saying you're just as good like you either have to earn to be there to bust your ass to get to where little johnny is or let's find something that you can do and little johnny can't do like you you're not as good there was so many kids growing up with us that would try to play travel ball and stuff with us and I was not the best ever. I, I was not the best person on the team on any team I ever played on. There was always people better than me, but I was good enough to make the team. And you get kids that came out there, and their parents would get fucking pissed because they didn't make the team. They're like, oh, he's just as good as everybody. No, no, he's not. 
I mean, it's, it's a hard lesson to learn, but it's a life lesson. But that doesn't mean you can't be better and excel in something else. If he was just as good or she was just as good, she would have made it. He would have made it. Yeah, team. yeah. They've been on the team, and then as uh, kid, parents are getting mad about playtime. Parents are getting mad. We do a competition every Friday. It's there's a pecking order. Yeah. Like every single Friday, there's kids that's never won, like ever, and it's like, sorry. Like, when they keep showing up and being consistent and learn what we're trying to teach them, they, they might win eventually. Yeah, there's Or too, they might not. There's too many people that take an L and just it's, – it's like they, they – just because they lost the battle, they don't think they can win the war. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it, the thing with, uh, with jiu-jitsu especially is, like, it's hard. People look at it and think that it's easy. They look at it and go, oh, I can do that. But then when they actually experience it, they go, holy shit, I thought I would be better. We got this one guy right now that comes in like once or twice a week, and every single time he comes in, he'll throw up. Like he'll, He's threw up on our mat twice. Yeah. And he's like, oh. every single time he's sitting there and he's cleaning this stuff up himself, and he goes, I thought I would be better at this than I am. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, when you learn to relax and like start just moving around while breathing, you will not make yourself this sick. Yeah. And it's I, like that little lesson and he's still it's like two months, three months, he's still doing the same thing. He won't learn. He's just not learning that le- and what you know what's gonna happen? He will learn the lesson or he'll quit coming. Period. Like there's no there's no way around how, it. How old is he? It's like 23, 24. Yeah, he's in college, so he's in his like, 20s. That sounds like one of those situations, and uh, I'm not saying I have no idea who this kid is, but just where your ego gets in the way to where you think that <laughs> you can do it better yes. than the coach that's teaching you how to do it. Like, you have to – I've really got to the point in my life to where I'm taking advice better than I ever have before. Like, I'm trying to kill my ego. I used to think having a big ego meant that you were confident and all this kind of stuff. Confidence is something completely different. You have to be able to get out of your own fucking way to learn. So I got a, I got a theory about this, and, it's, and um, I think that you need ego. I think ego is very, very, very helpful, but it's the right type of ego. Yeah. So like you have to get out of your own way in order to learn. And the, the knee-jerk reaction to tell someone you know something when they're trying to teach you, is there, especially with me. It's like for the longest time, I would I would teach something a certain way, and I have it. And I know that I do it different than everyone else. And there's a lot of moves that I had to figure out how to make work because I, I did my entire career around 138 pounds, whereas everyone in the room next to me was like 185 or bigger. Like the next closest person to me is 185 pounds forever, like, for a long time. And then, you know, you got 230, 240. The way the 240-pound coach was teaching me to do this move wouldn't work the way that I needed it to. And it was a like a misunderstanding about how weight works, I guess. I don't know. but So I spent like 15 years trying to figure out how to make the stuff work that was taught to me, and, that, and I figured it out. And then when I show it to people... I'll have people tell me, no, I know. Or I'll have people tell me, well, I've been doing this for years. It's like, hold on. This part 
is what separates m what I'm teaching from the other thing. Vice versa, too. When a bigger coach tries to teach me something, I almost immediately would dismiss and go, I know my way's better. And I had to, like, shut my ass up and, like, sit back and get rid of that ego in order to learn the move and then look at it objectively and go, will this work for me who's now 150 pounds? Like, will it work? Yeah, I think ego just when it starts getting in the way of you growing – in any type of way, yes. then, then that's what fucking, that's when it's a bad ego. Yes, and, and the, on the flip side of that, uh, you hear people say in the gym all the time, you hear them say, uh, the, leave your ego at the door. It's like, no, no, I don't like that. You need that motherfucker in here. Like, you need it because you also need the drive to get better, and you need to say, hey, I am the motherfucker. I can do this. I, it's like, you have to have that. But you have to have it enough to where you're humble enough to go, what are you trying to teach me? Can I learn from you? Can I get out of my own way and learn? But then at the same time, it's like when it's time to go, it's like, no, nah, I'm going to show you what I'm learning and I'm going to use it because you cannot become the best in the world if you don't have an ego. Well, I, I agree with that now. Like you have to know when you walk into a room, regardless of what you do, but definitely with what y'all do, that – I'm not intimidated by this dude. I'm the fucking, I'm the goat. Like, I am the goat. If you don't believe in yourself and you have that, that fucking just, ugh, behind you right there, that dude is going to wear your ass out. Bro, the heart. Bro, yeah. Dude, hey, not to keep talking about Bam, right? Yeah. But this is the funniest story I have about Bam, almost. Like, for almost, I'm not going to tell, like, the funniest stuff, but. This is probably my great, my best story about Bam. I, I love him so much. So he got, he become a badass about three years in. He's been training with us about six years now. Has it been six years, baby? Yeah? Yeah. Six years? Okay. Yeah. So he's been training with us about six years. Well, three years in, Bam is a, Bam is like what we call, I don't have mad enforcers at my school. I don't believe in them per se. Yeah. I don't, but. What's a mad enforcer? That, I was fixing to explain that. Okay. So what a mad enforcer is, is let's say that you come in the gym and you're, you're, you look strong. You look like you're a really strong dude. You, you're stocky. You look like you would be hard to deal with for anybody that's not trained. You look yeah. like that You look like that guy, yeah. right? Uh, maybe not as tall as that guy, but you look like that guy. You're stocky. And let's say you come in the gym and you got that ego that we were talking about. You can't learn. You're, you're like, going to come in and show us what's up. That guy that's going to put that other guy in that fucking place real yeah. quick. And so, bam, after about three years, he become our man enforcer, which, like I said, I don't believe in that. But because I don't want to put anybody in that place, I want the gym to naturally tone that down and no one has to, like, beat you up or, like, yeah. put you in your place. I believe that's the right way through conversation is how you get that handled. But a lot of schools just have mad enforcers. Let's say you train with me for five years. You're 200 pounds. And I'm just like, hey, Josh, go get with the new guy. And you're like, okay. And you just go <laughs> fuck the new guy up. And it's like, you see, this shit works. That's how 90% of gyms do it. And I, I have a whole nother way. I like your way. Uh, that's the same thing with a lot of shit that we do when we travel and we go places with all these people. Sometimes, like, they, they need their ego checked. 
and yeah. you have to do it in a way to me if you do it the way you're talking about it leaves a more respectful imprint yeah it's where you respect me a whole lot more because i went about it psychological way or whatever yeah. and tried to change you the right way the other one brute force it probably works in some places but i would think that it's also i think i think it also goes away pretty quick too this is gonna be ego yeah. that i'm talking right now but I, I honestly think that I'm systematically changing the way people train, especially in South Georgia. Like, I believe that I am the one of the key ingredients, key factors, whatever you want to say, to how jiu-jitsu is being trained in, in Georgia, in South Georgia. And that sounds very egotistical. I don't think, I don't but, think it is at all. I think if you – I even talked about earlier how you write every day. You want to change the world or whatever. Like, I think you have to have that mindset. You have to want more. You have to, like, like, having something like that as your goal, it's a hard goal to reach, but it's a road that you go down, and you're going to get little rewards along, along the way to where it's like, oh, I'm doing the fucking right thing. And, dude, I'm watching these gyms change. I've been, I've been to all of them. I've been around. I've been around for 22 years, man. Right? I started training in 2001. I've been around 22 years. And it, it wasn't until I got around legit people later on that I started really, really improving. But I've been around the sport since 2001. And I've been the guy that was leaving with a fucking concussion every night and, like, reconcussed every night because that's how people trained back then and that's what they thought was the right way. And it's like now that I own my own school and I'm traveling these other places, I'm realizing, like, real fast, like, the way that all these places train, they're not training the way that's best to make killers or to make top-level competitors. And I have been a part of all of these places, and now we're, I'm, for the last five years, I've been watching all of these schools slowly change to what I'm doing inside my school. Yeah. And it's like, when you're 135 pounds, you're not the most athletic. You're not going to be the strongest. You're not going to be, you might be the fastest. You might be the fastest. But all it would take is for somebody to settle real quick, and now your speed fucking means nothing. Right? And it's like, so now I have to be technical, and I have to use every bit of my energy precisely, or it doesn't work. And, and give you a good example of that. How many times do you think you can, how many times do you think I can bench press 200, 200 pounds? I mean, not to be a dick, but probably not five. Not even. Maybe once. I doubt it. Yeah. I, I might could bench the bar ten times. Like, I'm weak as fuck. Really? Right? Yeah, I say that. I'm, I'm probably, I don't bench. Um, me and Bam worked out for a couple of months, and I maxed out. I think my max was like 185. I literally did not go to the gym for the longest time. Then I tried again last year for about two or three weeks, and my shoulder and shit hurt so bad. But, like, I could probably right now go throw 200 up and haven't even lifted anything in fucking years. Dude. That's so fucking weird. I couldn't keep up with anything that y'all do, though. No. Nothing. And but and I, I said no, but yeah. I was just not in, I could, a, disres I not yeah, in a disrespectful I, way. Uh, it's not disrespectful. It's called the fucking truth. Yeah. Like, I couldn't, but, even, I couldn't keep up with shit y'all do. But, like, now you asked me to flip a tire or sling a sledgehammer... Or do any of the MMA stuff, and I could yeah. I could probably work most men on the table, and yeah. that's endurance, that's not strength, yeah. right? But let's say let's pretend that I could I could pick up two hundred pounds one time, okay? 
if a 200-pound man gets on top of me, how many times can I move him if my max is 200? I, I get it. I get it. It's hard. Right. Once. All right. If a 135-pound man is with any other man that's 150, 165, 200, how many times can they move that 135-pound man? Not many. Not that. One hundred and thirty-five pounds. Are you talking about in like reverse? Pin, yeah, reverse. Oh it. yeah, you can fucking ragdoll. Yeah, rag like doll. they could literally bench press me ten times yeah. before they get tired. So a hundred and thirty-five pound person has to be more conservative with their energy because if they move two hundred pounds once, they're now gassed. That was their max. Whereas a two hundred pound man could get away with moving one hundred and thirty-five a lot. They could move them a lot. So they could get away with it more. So I had to figure out how to be conservative with my energy and not just blow my wad or blow all my strength or all my stamina moving somebody one time. Yeah. And I had to figure that shit out. So it's like, how do you, how do, you do that? Well, first, you try not to let that person get on top of you, so you have to do it. So now i got to figure out how to stay on top. Well, if I come into the room, and uh, this is an even better example. If I come into the room, and let's say there's 10 people in the room. Today, I'm going to just work back escapes, but I'm not going to let anybody take my back. Well, I've been doing this 22 years, right? Not going to let anybody take my back. By the end of the night, how many times did I practice getting someone off my back? If I'm not going to let them take my back. Probably gonna bust your ass and do it a lot. Well, if I'm the best one in the room, nobody took my back. Yeah. So if nobody fucking took my back, I didn't even get to practice getting someone off my back oh, once. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I didn't even get to practice one time getting somebody off my back because I was like, they're never gonna take my back, right? Yeah. So the whole practice was wasted. I didn't get to practice, and I was bullheaded, just like running in, it, not letting people take my back. By the end of the year, how many times? Did I practice getting someone off my back? Not a lot. Yeah. They didn't fucking take my back. And it's like, well, I'm really good at not letting people take my back. But how many times did you practice getting someone off your back? And you then didn't. what happens when somebody does get your back? Now you don't know how to get them off your fucking back. Yeah. But if I come in the room without my ego and I say, I'm going to let everybody in here take my back at least three times. At least three times in a row, I'm going to let them take my back. I'm going to fight to get them off my back. Sometimes they're going to submit me. Sometimes my students submit me because I'm practicing getting people off my back. Sometimes I get rear naked choked. Yeah. Does that mean I suck? No. I had to allow them to get this position. They got the position, and now I'm working out of it. I just showed my student how to take a back, showed my student how to control someone while they're on the back. If I don't let them do that, they don't get to do it. But if they get there and get there on me, and even if I escape, that's one rep of them controlling someone from the back. They just got better. And then me, I got to practice escaping. So I just got better. So now we're both, it's a handshake because we're practicing. We're not winning. We're not winning in the room. It's a handshake. We're practicing. I just got better at getting people off my back. They got better at getting control. They seen how I escaped. Next time it won't work that way. So I get to practice 30 times if there's 10 people in the room and I let each person take my back three times. I just practice 30 times in one night getting someone off my back versus the way I was training 10 years ago where nobody could take my back. If they did take my back, I practiced then. 
It's like, I'm changing the way people train. And it's like, hey, I let everybody take my back. I don't care if you submit me. I'm practicing this move. If you submit me, obviously I did something wrong. I need to work on it. Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm working on it. It's like, you submitted me. Next time I let you take my back, maybe you won't submit me. You're working maybe. in reverse pretty much. And that's how you have yeah. to train. What's it called when you like, when you, uh, fuck, what is it? Like, they say that we do it to the alien spaceships or whatever when you... Reverse engineer. Reverse engineering, that's what it is. Yes. And, and that's how we train. And guess what? Doing it that way also is like, it calms the role down because now you're not just trying to win. I know that I'm going to get submitted when I give up my back at least, you know, 10 times that night. So I'm probably going to tap out 10 times. If it's a deep enough room, I'm probably going to tap out 10 times out of 30. But I successfully escaped 20. That's my win. That's the effort. Right? Yeah. And that's how I've been changing gyms. When people see our guys showing up and winning and doing this, I was like, and then they come train with us. They go, man, this was way easier. And we learn. I learned so much more. They go home excited because they got to practice the move and they got to train. And they're not as sore. They, they didn't have to win training. They wasn't trying to protect themselves from getting hurt all night. It's like, if I can't trust you with my fucking arm, it's like, then I have to play this whole role safe. So if I'm having to play safe on my training, no, I'm competing. And it's like, you don't, you don't get better that way. You get better competing, but not every day. Yeah. And I get it. it. Between that right there and the brotherhood and all the stuff that you build at the gym, the atmosphere or whatever, I guess, I mean, I wish I liked doing that shit. If I, if I did... Years place to be the one I got. Have you tried it? I don't want to do it. Have you tried it? I don't want to do it. Why not? Because <laughs> one, y'all can think whatever you want to. I hurt so bad now, just on an everyday basis. I don't want to do anything else to make me hurt. And two, as like I told you a while ago, I'm either going to take it extremely too serious, not like trying to fight people in the gym or whatever. I won't want to just train. I will want to fight. I I know yeah, I will. Let's go. I know a hundred percent. Or I'm gonna get in there and I'm gonna fucking die of a heart attack. Like I don't want <laughs> only that's the only two options for me. But guess what? So you hurt right now, right? Yeah. Um, so a thing that I found is I hurt way, way, way more when I'm not active. So it might help you to get more active. I know for 100% when I hurt my back and I was I had to I was on bed rest. Like, my, my wife had to take care of me when I hurt my back. That couple of months when I wasn't doing anything was the most painful, not just in my back, but my ankles, my knees, my shoulders, my wrist. I mentally. hurt more mentally. Oh, uh, fuck. Mentally? Bro, mentally was worse than anything because I'm so used to being active. Yeah. I felt useless. And moving around makes you feel better. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is when you get there, it might, it, you might be like, I want to do this forever. And that mindset is great, right? Yeah. Or you might say, I want to win, but that won't last but maybe three or four days. Yeah. Especially in our culture. Now, you go to one of these other gyms, there's still gyms out there that just bust each other's heads. Like, not literally, but it's just a fucking fight every day. And that's how people think that are on the outside. They think that when you show up, it's just all about winning and fighting. And it's like, no, 
in a good culture, it's about training and about getting better. And the same thing we were talking about earlier, it teaches you to become a better person every day. The growth mindset versus the stuck mindset or the victim mindset is like we're getting better with our knowledge and with everything every day. We're growing to be a better person. Well, you're getting better in your jiu-jitsu every day and all this. You're not just in there, I'm going to fucking beat everybody's. I'm going to win. It's not, it's not that way. Yeah. Some gyms it is. But if you're in a party, if message out there, you fucks. If y'all still training that way, stop it. And <laughs> if you're getting your asses whooped every single day, and you don't, and you feel stuck, and you're you're training wrong, and it's like I'm no knock on your coaches. They probably they come up that way too. They don't know any better. If your coaches aren't letting you cross train, get the fuck out of that gym. Go train somewhere else because it's a toxic environment. If y'all are just whooping each other's ass every day, and then like trying to stop the move that each other's teaching, get out of that environment because it's it's not the way to learn. It's not the right way. We have such a better way to learn. And the way you're training is not wrong, but there's always better, right? Yeah. So, like, come check out Tech Center, uh, 10th Planet Perry, any of those places like that, um, Force in Douglas, those types of places, uh, Brent Coleman and – like, those places, those are the places that you want to, like, be a part of and, and like, because they, they're getting it. They're starting to figure out the right way to train without going home with concussions or broken arms and shit because you, you, your partner's a dick and tried to break your arm. <laughs> so, yeah, there's my You know rant. what? When you, when you did this at the camera... I was like, this motherfucker's ready for WWE. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down to the tech center. Down, and I'll down. whoop your fucking ass today. <laughs> down, down, down. Bear naked choke, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it tickled me. You got super aggressive with it. I fucking like that. Hey, hey, and the thing is, is man, I'm Coach Jimmy, right? And I'm mm -hmm. always Coach Jimmy, though. It's not an act. Yeah. Oh, no, uh, no, it's no. not You're an act. the same man. way putting these cameras up the other day. Let's <laughs> just talk. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's not an act, man. I, I, this is who I am on here. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to be that that like a. I don't want to talk shit about anybody. I don't want to. I don't want to fight with anybody. I want everybody training and learning. I don't. I hate fucking gossiping, like that that gossip bullshit that people yeah. do. It's like no, no. We wanna we wanna focus on ourselves and get fucking better. Man, shit. And, um, uh, well, excuse me, grown folk shit. I'm not gonna say because there's grown ass women out here too. That is grown folk shit. You're taking. yeah. And then it's like when you do this, the the switcher. Oh uh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. But when go. you do this, we got it. I was it. still in. I was still in WWE. WWE. Like, ah. But no, nah, when you do this, and I say this stuff, Josh, it's like um, I want everybody to be better. And when I can't understand them. I cannot understand the mindset of someone that doesn't want better. Yeah, dude, I and can't I, either. I, I don't want mean. those motherfuckers around me, dude. Dude, it's hard. I've had to stop. I hate saying this. There's certain people that I've been friends with for the longest time that are content. I last thing I ever want to do is be content. Content. I, I either want to be super fucking happy and just an abundance of happiness. Or I want to fucking be grinding. I don't want to ever be in the middle. Dude, content yeah. kills. Complacency kills. Yeah. Like, um, I say this all the time, but, like, I'm, I want to change the world. And I'm not going to be able to do that if I'm comfortable. Because when, when you get comfortable, 
you get lazy. And when you get lazy, you stop wanting the things that you say you want. Well, when, you, when you're comfortable, too, you stop growing. And it's yeah. like saying, I've learned all I've needed to learn yeah. when you're comfortable. Yeah. You got to make yourself uncomfortable and put yourself in situations and try to learn new knowledge. And it's a lot of the shit's gonna make you feel uncomfortable. And if you, but it's you are learning something new. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. And that's what jujitsu teaches you. So jujitsu, back to that bullshit. Like jujitsu teaches you how to be comfortable when you're uncomfortable, and then you get comfortable being uncomfortable. Which it makes it makes success so much easier to achieve because you're used to that discomfort. Yeah, you become that's a normal thing. That discomfort's normal, and when that discomfort becomes normal, that's fucking dangerous because then you can just do whatever the hell you like. You could just take over the world if you wanted to. I mean, sort of, especially sort of. if it's flat, bro. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I've, no. <laughs> no, no, I'll give you my theories another day on that. It was to promote the gym and your <laughs> attitude and you as a person. Uh, dude, besides for you just doing what you did for me, I appreciate that for setting all this up and taking time out of your schedule. I appreciate what you do for the kids, what you do for grown folks. Uh, the thing that's always been appealing about me, I've never watched your fights or anything like that. I just know you as a person. I, I, I love your vibe. I love that what you put out there is positivity. It's fucking... Act grown, earn respect, and ain't given. Like it's, it's all that type of shit. Like it's that's why anytime Cobb wanted you to come around or anything, I'm like, this dude's a solid fucking dude. He's a good guy, and the stuff you put out there is special. And these kids and some of these adults and shit need that stuff. So I'm glad the tech center's open. I'm glad that you're the one teaching it. It means a lot, man. And I I just want to, uh, I just want to, like I said, change the world. But I want to do it in a way that. People understand that that they're in charge of their happiness, and that's like the biggest thing for me is uh, giving empowering people to do what they want to do. And it's like, look at you with your podcast; like you're making your living doing something that you love, sitting around talking, bullshitting, doing all that. And I am an advocate for that. It's like my gym was my dream. I did not chase my gym like I should have early on because I thought that I needed to fight and I needed to have this experience to be a better coach. And then it's like I, I didn't see a way to be as successful as I am right now. Early on, I, didn't, I thought that I needed another job or another career and then this was a side thing and all this stuff. And it's like no one taught me. It's like, no, no, and this is the lesson. Do whatever it is that you love. Get so good at it that other people want to learn from you, and they will pay you to teach them to do what you do. And it's like, then you get to do what you love as your job, and you're not really working. You're working. It's, so it's a ton of work, but it doesn't feel like work because it's your passion. You love doing it. And I tell these kids all the time, get really, really good at whatever your passion is and then share it with the world and you will make your living doing it. And, it, and it's like, I wish somebody would have sat down and told me that Same. shit when I was younger because yeah. I could have got started earlier. If I got started earlier, I'd be a lot farther along. Yeah, the only problem with that is uh, 
I see. I don't wish that on me. I wish that somebody would have helped me like realize that having a passion is okay, and when you go after it, whatever time it is, it's probably the right time. Like you can, as long as it ain't your deathbed, you know. As yeah. long as you don't wait till too late, because there's a lot of shit that if I would have, this would have been my passion at 20 years old, but I shouldn't have pursued it at 20 years old. I wouldn't be good at it now without the life lessons and the experiences that I've had. From then, so it's kind of good that I didn't pursue it earlier, but also I can see in reverse that that if I would have started at twenty, and I had a, the same passion for it that I have now, just different life lessons. Who says I wouldn't be fucking ten times bigger either? Yeah, and Taylor tells me that all the time that my my experiences is what makes me a good coach. Yeah, it she, probably she is. tells me that like um, I, I gave a kid. Uh, you want to tell him about? Uh, the kid that, like, I body shot him. Oh, yeah, that poor kid. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that is it's funny, once again, because I don't do all this shit. Next time you say, hey, tell her about the kid I body shotted, and then there's such a long pause between the two of y'all. Let's just try to connect those dots a little quicker. <laughs> Hey, I, there's, there's somebody right now listening to this show that don't know shit about what you do, and they're like, he did what? I yeah, what did he punched do a kid? kid in the liver. Okay, now you're my hero. <laughs> I want to do that to fucking kids every day. I want to open a gym now. <laughs> Fuck them kids. <laughs> well, I guess... Let me make it sound a little bit better where it doesn't please sound like do. you're just whooping up, up kids. on kids. Like y'all don't have a gym on Epstein Island, please. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> hey, all right, so we're moving to gym. Nah. Uh, <laughs> uh, this has been Jimmy Epstein, everybody. <laughs> all right, Taylor, um, tell the story. Oh, gosh. <laughs> You know, I've hit the kid molestation jokes for today. Like, I've hit my quota. I don't think we need to do yeah, it anymore. Definitely not me. I work with damn kids. Yeah. God. Yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, camera. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not doing it. Uh, well, okay. So we teach our kids what to do if someone's being aggressive. So if they're in a situation where someone's trying to fight them or, you know, um, just being super aggressive, super violent, mostly with bullies at school. How to change levels, get their hips, and take them down and stay safe without getting punched in the face. Well, this one particular kid, um, he has a hard time with jujitsu, but he is one of our kids that keeps showing up consistently. He's trying, he's learning. Like, he's an awesome kid. He's about 12. Um,. But Jimmy starts swinging, and he's got boxing gloves on, so we're, he, he's not just like. These are all things kids. when you're telling this story once again. Start off with, by the way. Yeah, there are boxing gloves. So like boxing gloves don't hurt when you get hit. This doesn't make it bad. sound so bad. Yeah, like so. it doesn't like. <laughs> This kid wasn't nothing right, so I slapped the piss out of him. <laughs> when, at least when you say boxing gloves on, it's like, okay, they were probably training. They yeah, were in the well, middle of yes. a training session. We were in the middle of a training session, and my job is to, like, throw these big, looping, soft punches. Yeah. They're not hard, but they're, they're coming at you to make the kid cover up, change levels, get to your hips. Well... This kid just balled up. Like, he, no reaction, nothing. 
And Jimmy just barely touched his ribs. I mean, I was sitting right there, and I was like, what just happened? But this poor kid, he just falls to his knees, and he screams like someone shot him. Like I killed him. Yeah. Dude. He went, Aah! and just screamed. <laughs> and I went, oh, my, what? Uh, was your ribs already broke? Like, what happened? Mm-hmm. And it was crazy. Yeah, he's just crying. He's like, I can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. And he just falls apart. And um, so Jimmy picks him up, and he's like, just breathe, you know, take take a breath, go sit on the wall, we'll revisit it. So he's sitting on the wall, and he's crying, and he's like, all right, come back up here. We're going to try it again. And he's like, no, and he starts panicking all over again. And um, he's talking to him, and the kid goes, I'm too scared. I'm scared. And he look, Jimmy looks at him, and he said, we're all scared. I'm scared, That's too. That's okay. We, no one wants to be punched in the face. No one wants to be in a fight. It's scary. And he said, but do you know what the difference in a hero and a coward is? A hero is just as scared as a coward, but he does something about it. A coward runs away in fear. And he shows this kid what to do, like how to get to his hips and take him down. And he did it. He did it with um, Davion. Davion and with Jimmy twice. And then he got done and he was bragging to his older brother, like, I did it. I took him down. I you took can't Coach do Jimmy that. Jimmy down is what he said. That's yep. got to be the coolest feeling, though, for a kid. Bro. It's got to be. To, for to, all of us, really. Like, it was, it was cool to see. Yeah. See, that's what I love. Y'all, y'all, mm. it's not even, I, it's not even that I care that you teach kids the lesson that you're teaching as far as the the art of jujitsu and everything you teach. I don't even care. It could be you teaching painting for all I give a shit is how you go about teaching. Like you're not just a good coach is somebody that's going to have a lasting impact on you for the rest of your life. Ray Harden, who was like our baseball coach growing up, he probably, our high school coach, anyway, he probably hates me or used to. I was a horrible, looking back at it, I was a horrible listener to him and taking in what he said and doing what he said. But there's lessons that he taught me that I still to this day, like life lessons and mm-hmm. how to be a man and all these other things. It's more important to me that you teach that stuff because even in that situation with that kid or whatever, you taught him a reason to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the... So, he was terrified to go with me again, and we got him to go with Davion. And then when it was my turn, I was like, all right, now you're going to go with me. He started crying again. Yep. He threw himself back. He was like, no. And I was like, listen, dude, do, the feeling that you're feeling right now, how do you think that's going to feel when it's real? When you have someone standing over you, because this particular kid is getting bullied already. He's already, he's a little different, which is one of the reasons I like the kid so much is like, he doesn't care. He said, I'm scared in front of 30 other kids. Yeah. Do you know how brave that has to be? No shit. Mm -hmm. He was like, no, I'm scared. I don't want to do this. And when he did that, I went, man, that's very admirable. Like to admit that I would have never said I was scared. If somebody said like accuse me of being scared, I'd fight thirty dudes. Like yeah, just to prove I'm not just scared. to prove I'm a man. Like when I was growing up. God, now that's so stupid. You're I'm the same way. Yeah, but now I'm like I've learned my damn lesson. Is like I don't have anything to prove to you fucks. Like yeah, it's thirty guys. I'm scared, you know, or whatever, you know. 
But the kid said it in front of everybody, and I was like, that is admirable. But sometimes you don't have a choice. And I was like, right now is one of those times. You're either going to take me down or I'm going to hit you in your body again. And it's like, I don't want to hit you in the body again. Like, you have to do this. And it's like, I'm, I'm scared all the time. And he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, I'm always scared. When I'm around people that are being loud that I don't know, I'm scared. I grew up in a very, very dangerous environment, and I'm always scared. Like, I always have anxiety. I'm always questioning whether or not people are really my friends, whether they're, they have my back. Like, I'm always in fight mode. I'm never, never not there. And I, I was telling him, it's like, dude, you're not going to have a choice if somebody's cornering you and pushing you down. You have to do this. Yeah. And he did it to me. He was like, okay, suck it up. I swung, swung. He covered up, shot, took me down. His brother showed up. His brothers are like 23, 24. And he walks past me. He's like, I took Coach Jimmy down today. And I know you can't do that. And he just ghosted him. Just walked That's right past fire. him. He was like, I know you can't. And just walked past him with the most amazing confidence. And I was like, he's right. You should try it. Talking to his brothers just to, just to like try to get him yeah. on the mat. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, he's right. He did take me down today, and I'm pretty sure you can't. Let's go. That's cool. And uh, just giving him a hard time. But to also gas him up and make yeah. him feel good. But uh, I know his brothers and stuff, too. They knew I wasn't like really challenging them yeah. to to do that but the like those are the re- that's the reason we do what we do is like that kid was terrified and i didn't just like body shot him and like knock his lungs loose or nothing i just hit him and it was enough for him to like i've never felt this before yeah. and mm-hmm. and cry i thought i killed him <laughs> it looked like i thought you killed him just it that's like that screech where you can tell that someone is just terrified. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what just happened? But he was just scared. I've been coaching for nine years, and that's the first time I ever had a kid. I do that drill like once a month, and that's the first time I ever had a kid like death curdle. (laughs) And like ball up i was like did you have a problem that i didn't like what happened see that's exactly what's gonna happen to me that's why i'm not coming (laughs) (laughs) there's not you're not telling a story about me on somebody's podcast i would about how josh curdled up and shit (laughs) (laughs) like old bitch not listen that kid though he overcome it he overcome and and now every time i see him he's still showing up and that was like a month ago and he's still at every class he's supposed to be at and he's getting better, and he this kid loses every round, like every round. He's one of the bigger kids, and he loses every round, and he's just like, all right, and he walks to the wall, and I'm watching him get better each time. Yeah, He's surviving a little bit more every time. Those are the kids. Those, are, those kids like that are the reason that I like doing what I'm doing. Dude, that's Because so cool. it's changing his life. It's changing his life, dude. Well, you're t- like I said, you're teaching them how to be, however you want to put it, a man. You're teaching them like those good lessons at teamwork and working hard and earning something and grinding it out. You're teaching that shit, and that's more important than a win or a loss. Like that kid now will know not to give up at life. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. Just the, keep showing up yeah. and, and doing work. That success mindset we were talking about, yeah. or the effort. Rewarding yeah. the effort earlier, back to how schools are. What is that quote like, showing up is half the battle? I don't know. I think, I think it's something like that. Yeah, it's, I've heard something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like it's, if you want to get over, like, going to the gym or whatever, if you'll show up, that's half the battle. Like, actually going is well, half the battle. I had it on the wall for a little while, but we always say uh, showing up's the hardest part because yeah, once you thing. do it, once you do it, you're going to do work. Yeah. So it's like once you show up, you're going to do, like, everything everybody else is. That's the hardest part. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that God doesn't bless you with things. He blesses you with people. Absolutely. And I'm a firm believer in that. And that's why my gym is so special, is the people. It's the people that are there. Like, I have people like Cobb, people like Taylor, like, even, like, your extended family through Cobb. And was like, I got an opportunity to sit here on your podcast today and talk about, like, my passion and what I care so much about. And then maybe this, like, maybe the mindset that I'm trying to teach inside my school is going to touch somebody or reach yeah. somebody and then change the way they're thinking about their damn life. Get off the damn couch and just go do something other than sit on the damn couch or, like, like do whatever, you know? Yeah, I, I don't have much respect for folks that uh, complain about life but don't do nothing to change it. Uh, dude, I can't. And that- and that's what I feel like you're saying, like to most people, is like, hey, if you're not happy with what you're going now, or what you've got going now, why don't you change it? Change it. We live, we live literally in in a country where, if you don't like your job, quit. Yeah. If you don't like where you're at, stop being where you're at. Like, where nobody's forcing you to be in the in it, where you are. I think it's the fear of starting over that that fucking really kills most people from doing it because everybody remembers what it was like to start off where you're at like it, it would suck for me to have to start over again i don't like thinking about it but me if neither. i had to i could yeah i i think i could do it faster i'd see same thing i think i could too if i started over i could do it faster but here's the thing that most people don't know about me i was doing environmental work operating machines core drilling and stuff like that and uh, I was making around $685 a day for every day that I put my boots on, plus my $250 per diem every single day. I was making around $200,000 a year to work and do environmental work. I quit that job to open a gym. The first two years it was open, only made $32,000. Really? $28,000 the first year, thirty two the second. And it's like, do you know how hard that was? To go from two hundred thousand dollars a year to thirty. Well, I, I I just know this about people that like me and you that have our own business. You know how hard it is to go from a steady paycheck that you know is going to come every week. Oh my god! To where you are responsible for you making a living and yeah. eating. No one tells you the stress that comes with that. Like that is stressful. But once you do, it also teaches you. It teaches you shit you're not going to learn at top. Like, you have to be at bottom sometimes to learn a lesson. Yeah. Boy, I'm telling you. Oh, God damn. That's the roughest part. It is. And then, like, being used to a certain lifestyle and then having to change it because I come from nothing. It's like I was poor, dirt poor. We live without lights for, like, every summer. The only time in Georgia, most people don't know this, but in the state of Georgia, it's against the law 
for the lot company to leave your lots off during the winter if yeah. there's a kid in the, if there's a school aged kid inside the house. So the only time we have power for like three years of my life was during the winter. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, like we grew up like we would have to build fires to take hot baths, like for real. And um it's like I come from that to what we do now. And it's like now I'm I'm make a living teaching people how to fight. And guess what I got in trouble for throughout my entire childhood? Probably wasting. Fighting. Oh, uh, okay. I got in trouble for because everything was a test of my manhood. Because I was white trash, and I felt, I knew that I was white trash. So when someone would treat me like white trash, it would anger me, and I would, like, they're ch- challenging me as a man. Everything was a test of my manhood, so I wanted to fight. I got in so much trouble, and I was told by so many principals and so many people, well, you're never going to amount to anything. You, all you do is fight. All you care about is fight. And now I make my living teaching people how to fight. Uh, what's fucked up is they, I, I got in trouble every single day for talking too much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not really the same thing, but, yeah. But you no, talk, I, you, yeah, you're it. on a talk show now yeah. and make it. a living. Yeah. And it's like, that's Fuck that's, you, teacher. That's how yeah. I like. I told you it fucking ended up being something. <laughs> should have listened to me more. Should have listened to that man. But that's that's what I was getting at. Is like I started over. I quit that job, started my gym, and like had no idea whether or not it was gonna make it. And it's like I lost a, I lost every friend that I had made while I had a steady job. Like everything that I had built in my life, I lost. Like, my friendships failed. It's like when I started focusing on myself, mm-hmm. trying to better myself, and started, like, moving towards something, the people that I cared about and that I thought were, like, like super on my team. Boy, preach this. It's like people, to the fucking mountaintops right people here. People that I thought were, like, super on my team and stuff. It's like, no, they started seeing me do a little bit better or do a little good or get some of the things that I need. Man... And it tore down every friendship that I had because, look, everybody likes to see you doing good. No one likes to see you doing better than them. I say that fucking shit all the time. This shit was cute as fuck to everybody when I wasn't successful. Like where we're from. Mm -hmm. It was cute as shit. It was adorable. But now it's like people, I'm not going to say they shunned me or whatever, but they talk badly. And it was like, oh, okay. Because I'm getting to do shit you don't get to do now. You're mad at me to where you were in my, my fucking club or whatever part of the club uh, two years ago when I was just getting started. Oh, you like that shit now? You came around then. But now it's like you got to work a nine-to-five every day. So you're mad at me because I don't and I get yeah. to do what I fucking want to? No, they will turn on you in a fucking heartbeat. Dude, it's so crazy how quick people changed and stuff and um i like right now this is this is a thing that that keeps coming up and i thought i was past it because i haven't talked or been around a lot of those guys in a long time right Mm -hmm. but it still just keeps coming up when i started my gym i was the one in there working every single day to paint the walls to patch the walls to fix the floors i spent all of my life savings Ooh, oh, I spent $40,000 to open this place. I had some people volunteer a day or two here and there to help, 
like a day or two. The only person that has consistently helped me with the build out of my school was my dad. Yeah. My dad come in and grinded all the walls, painted everything. He called, like, I hung wood. He done it. Then we had other people come in here and there and do one or two things. And I'm grateful for their help. But those people will go around and say things like, well, I helped him build his school. I helped him do that. We started this thing together, and now he don't do this, or he acts like this. And it's like, no. You, you showed up. And help me do something that day. And I'm grateful for that help. But that shit was going to get done whether you was present yeah. that day or not. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know. And then you got, you got guys saying shit like, well, I helped him start it out. And he shit on me. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, it's not shitting. I'll help you with this for you. You ain't got to fucking say it. It's not shitting. You grew. They didn't. Is usually what happened. That's it's, exactly it's what it you is. You had growth. They didn't. And you there people just cannot fucking get past that. Just because I'm not the same person I was five years ago. I'm not the same person I was a year ago. Neither am I. I don't want to be the same person tomorrow that I am today. And a lot of people that stay that same fucking person their whole life, just yes. they cannot get it. They cannot get that you grow. And they don't understand it. And then it's like when you when you try to bring them along. They don't understand, and then they want to get mad like you are, like you did something the to problem. them. Like, I'm yeah. the problem, with you're the problem. When it's like, no, man, I'm trying to bring you along and trying to pull you, but I can't keep pulling you and taking you and carrying you with me on this journey when I'm trying to, to, to do something, and I can't keep doing the same shit that you're doing and, and get better. Absolutely. Like, we had somebody comment on our, uh, we do ads. We do Facebook yeah. ads. Somebody commented on there that don't, I don't even know them. Like, I have to preface that. Like, I don't know this person at all. I have no idea who this person is. And then they commented on my, my page, said, uh, I wouldn't take my kid to that school. Uh, he's been arrested for obstruction before. Talking about me being arrested. He's been arrested for obstruction before, and he used to have really good coaches in there, but he didn't pay them, and uh, he didn't pay them, and he just shit all them, and that sounds like a real shitty person to me. I wouldn't want to have my kids around that school. Never met this person before in my life. So somebody said, commented from our gym, and was like, nah, that's not how this place works. There's some volunteer coaches that their kids train here. But the, the actual coaches are paid, you know. And uh, they said this, this and this, and, like, stood up for me. Yeah. I commented on theirs, like, yeah, I've been, I've been arrested. But being arrested and convicted is two different things. And I was actually arrested for six counts of assault on officer and five counts of obstruction. Like, I was not, not yeah. just obstruction. There was more to it. But it was all dismissed. There's a huge difference between being arrested for something and being convicted for something. I'm convicted of a few things. So yeah. <laughs> I completely understand. So they were, I was like, so, so, but I have changed and I've grown. You're talking about something that happened 20 years ago. Yeah. I'm not the same person. And he's like, you want to hold me to that, that person? Fine. Second of all, I know the coach that they were talking about. And I know who that, where that story came from because it was one of my people, my kids call him uncle. It was that close to me. And 
it like hurt me to still see that stuff being said about me and like how I did people wrong. It's like, dude, if you come to my school and you help me coach and I let your daughter train for free and then I let you train for free in return, you do something on Tuesday and Thursday for me for 45 minutes, Tuesday, 45 minutes, Thursday, who's getting the better deal? They probably still are. Dude, I had I had a dude that was coming. He had three kids in my program, and then he was he was coaching twice a week, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Like, if you'd ask me who my best friend in the entire world was, his name would come up. If you ask me, do I wish him ill right now? The answer is no. I want to see him winning at life. I still care about him. I still love him. I still hope he's doing great. We're just not on the same. We're not on the same wavelength anymore. Oh, I get that, better but. Than anybody. But then I'm hearing all this stuff. It's like uh, people are telling me, like he's saying shit, like he started the business with me, and then I just stole it from him. We started in on halves, and I kicked him out. Or it's like this, all this stuff that's just not true. Yeah. And then, like when you put stuff out there like that, that's just not true. I haven't even. This is the first time I've ever addressed it. Yeah. It's like this is the first time I've addressed it, but mostly because it's bothering me because I love him. Yeah. Like I love the dude, and I, I I want him to succeed, and I want him to to get all the things in life that he's ever wanted. But in my opinion, what happened was this is just my opinion. What happened was is he tried to run a gym before, and when he tried to run a gym, it didn't work. It closed down, been closed for two years. I was one of the only people that supported him when he was trying to run a gym, but he it didn't make it because he didn't get around mentors and find people that were running successful gyms. He didn't do certain things. The gym, like, I come in, clean this place up, and the whole complete, like, made a whole new thing, done all this stuff, and then invited him. For the first year, he wouldn't have nothing to do with it. My best friend in the world wouldn't have anything to do with my business. You know why? Wasn't successful yet, I bet. No, he said, uh, he said I tried to do it. It's not going to work. I don't understand why you're trying to do it. Well, then, six months in... I opened to the public, and I got 30 kids the first day. Then he says, well, you got you got everybody rallying around you and helping you. Nobody would do that oh, for me. Was, oh, he was jealous. He was envious. He's like, that, nobody would do that for me. Then he didn't show up for a year. Then he come in, and he's like, I don't have any. I don't have the month, the funds. I'm in between jobs. My wife is like, just got out of school. She's uh, she's doing this other stuff, and like, she was like this uh, respiratory therapist. She's making money. So he was a stay-at-home dad. He had uh, four boys. One of them was too young to be in the program. All three of them, I was like, come on, dude, your family. I love you. Brought them in. Started, and I was like, hey, you can do kickboxing if that'll make you feel better about the situation and you're not getting something for free. Started doing that. Then, I, then here it is, five years later, all of a sudden he helped me build the business, and I shit on him and didn't pay him and, and treated him bad. And it's like, no, dude. That's not what happened, and how can you spin it that way? Now, I'm not the best of friends. I'll tell you right now, I fucked up in some ways. There was times I was supposed to go do stuff that I forgot that I was supposed to go do, and he was too proud to remind me. Yeah. And it's like, man, I have fucking ADHD, which I didn't know this at the time. I have, like, anything that's directly in front of my face is, like, that's the only thing in the world that exists. It's the only thing you focus on. I'm the same way. Yeah, and and then when it comes back and I think about it and I go, damn, I forgot to go over there today. Fuck, I'm so sorry. 
And I wish that I could have that conversation with him and tell him, like, dude, nothing was intentional. I never did anything intentional. But I've grown, and I realize that as being a friend that I have to pay more attention to my friends, Not that they're not just always going to be there like I am. Like, I'm always there. Oh, dude, this is, this is a lesson that we've been going through with, like, our group and shit. Like, I've had to get out of my own way so much about this. I've had to realize just because I will do something for you doesn't mean you won't do it for me. But also, I've got to understand that if you don't do what I think you ought to do, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means that what I think you ought to do maybe not be what's right for you. And for the longest time, I always thought, you son of a bitch. And I always thought for the longest time that my way was the right way. Now, I could stay out of your way, but if you asked me for advice and then you didn't take it, I would get super fucking offended by it. And now it's just like, everybody's got their own way. I just got to, I got to be cool about that. Yeah, and, and that's, that's how it should be, is like figuring out how to get out of our own way. And, and that was something else that, is like, as a friend, it's like you, you have to go out of your way to try to think about people. And I learned that through this, this experience. It's like, I don't think about people. In a, it's like, I'm not selfish in a, at all. I know exactly what you mean when you're about to say. Yeah, I'm not selfish at all. Not even a little bit. You have to be selfish in order to be successful a little bit. But I'm not selfish in a way. It's like, I would do anything for any of my friends right now at the drop of the hat. I would give up my life for my friends at the drop of a hat. But... It's like we, I put together group chats and uh, Facebook groups and then group chats on Instagram so that we can just say the announcement there. Yeah. And I don't have to remember everybody to, to tell them. Fucking lootly. If you leave the group because of the bullshit that goes on in the group and then you don't get notified, that's not my fault as a friend. Nope, absolutely not. And people would hold me like, well, you didn't message me. Well, you realize there's 160 members inside my gym. If I go out of my way to message 160 people and then carry on a conversation with 160 people, then it's like that's too much. Well, then if you feel like we should be closer than that and that we that you deserve my one-on-one attention and it's like I still have all this other stuff, I could understand that you feeling that, but then you want me to think about it when I have ADHD and that's not at the forefront of my mind right now. Yeah. It's like I, I have to do better. Right? As a friend, I have to do better. But at the same time, if you were a part of the group, you would know what the fuck's going on, and you wouldn't be putting me in a position to have to think about things that I shouldn't have to waste energy on in that way. Well, that also, like, wraps wraps it up to where it comes all the way back around, to where it's like if you give that little piece, you continuously give that little piece, you stop becoming you, and then they're going to stop wanting to train with you because you're not you anymore. Right. So, yeah, you got to... Yeah, you have 100%. to protect it. You have to, you have to protect that part of you that makes it you. And then also, it's like you can't hold people. You can't hold people to your standard every time. Nope. It's like, but uh, my friend Chase Rowden posted this the other day. He, it was a quote that he said, "Is like if it's impossible to hold other men to our standard." Ooh. It's impossible to hold other men to our standard. It's impossible. It's an impossible task because what you and I are going to do and like how I'm going to treat you as a man isn't, isn't, they don't have the same values. They don't have the same things that I have and they, they probably going to, their life experiences have made them different people. And some people are just cowards. 
pussies. Is what some I, people are, yeah. Bitch boys. Yeah, some people are just cowards. And they would rather talk about you and say things instead of address things like a man would do. It's like if I had a problem with Josh Terry, I'm going to text Josh Terry and say, hey, Josh, man, you said this shit, and it, it's bothering me. If, yep. it's, if it's something yep. that bothers me, I thought we were friends. Yeah. And then you can say, well, I didn't mean it the way it was said. Or you can say, well, you weren't, you're not thinking about it the way I'm thinking about it, motherfucker. Like, you did this shit to me, and I could go, oh, shit. I'm sorry. I didn't even think about it like that. Dude, I'm like, I was a horrible friend. I apologize. Or I can say, well, I felt the way I felt. Yeah. Are we still friends? Well, yeah, we don't, we don't agree on this one thing, but we're still friends. All right, so we don't need to fight about this. Okay, cool. Stop saying this shit. I'll stop doing this. Next time we see each other, it's all love. 1,000%. There's no way you could know what was going on with some bullshit in, like, my work life with some people. 1,000 fucking percent. I have gone above and beyond to be nice to certain people. And, like, I'm under the, the, just the belief if you're a grown man, you act like a grown man, and you settle things like grown men. That don't mean violence. That means an understanding. That means, like, but if you just keep running your mouth and you keep saying these things, that first, that first way of fixing it, of talking it out, handshake, agreeing to disagree, having a beer over or whatever, turns into the way we were raised. I will slap the piss out of you <laughs> if you don't stop fucking talking about me. Bro, uh, I know you know him, uh, Brian Godfrey. You know Brian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Brian. Brian checked me one day. you believe that? He checked you? He checked me. No shit. Brian checked me. And I deserved it. Like, that's the thing. And when he said it, I went, you're right, I'm sorry. And he looked at me and he was like, my kid will stay in your program forever. That's cool. And I said, why? And he was like, he was like, you're just a real man. He was like, I, I didn't know how you were going to act when I come in here. And uh, you know Matthew Burton. He's been on I the show. Matthew, yeah. So Matthew was with Casey. Now, like the, up there at the gym. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were at the gym together. Casey is Bryant's uh, wife. Yeah. She was saying something to Matt. I didn't even think about it being Casey. Yeah. I was just fucking with Matt like I do. Yeah. I tell Matt all the time he's only half a man. And like I, I fucked with him on the show the other night. Yeah. yeah. I tell him all the time, like, I like you yeah, gotta ask him about way. the story about me walking in the Walmart. Oh, uh, y'all told me. And he he like I used to love when he would act it the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> so but Matt was standing there talking to Casey. And she said something, I, I don't remember the exact phrase, but Matt said something, and I was like, I, sh I, sh I flexed, and I was like showed my guns, and I was like, um, over there talking, you ain't talking to no real man, talking to Matt. Yeah. Didn't think anything about it being Casey. I was just fucking with Matt. Well, Casey didn't put two and two together. She, like, she thought that I said like something inappropriate to her. Yeah. She told Bryant. Bryant, their kids in my program. They come to the Bryant come to the gym. He's like, "Hey man, can I talk to you?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "It's private in the office, private situation." I said, "Yeah." Walked in the office. He was like, "Hey man, you said something to Casey though that I did. It didn't feel right. It didn't sit right with her, and I don't like it." And I went, "What did I say to Casey? No idea." Yeah. That like I had said that somebody something. took something wrong because you didn't mean it in a malicious way. Yes, I was talking shit to Matt. Like I always do. It's like, you ain't even a real man. You ain't talking to no real man. Like, just being stupid, messing with Matt. But you know what that lesson taught me? 
I call, I, 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 most of the time, I try to think about what I say before I say it. <laughs> but Brian, come into my gym, into my office, and he goes, you said this. And I was like, what? And he said that, and I was like, oh, I was talking to Matt. I wasn't talking to Casey. Yeah. And uh, he went, oh. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean anything by it. I was like, Casey was there. She was a part of the conversation, but I was talking about Matt not being a real man. And he goes, okay. And I said, I, I'll apologize to Casey. He said, no, there's no need. I said, no, I'll apologize. I'm sorry if I offended you guys. Y'all are like family to me. And he goes, my kid will never come. I said, why? He was like, I fool, like, full on expect that I was fixing to have to get my ass beat in here. Or <laughs> like that I was fixing to have to fight you. I get that, though. I, I get why somebody who doesn't do what you do would be like super. As like, Brian started training it. with us, though. That's cool. He started training with us. But he said, he was like, I thought I was fixing that. Like, he was like, I was prepared to get my, he was joking. Yeah. But I was prepared to get my ass beat, like, because I didn't know how you were going to act. But you're a man. And and People he said, I appreciate that. That is lost so much on like on younger dudes now. The what it's like to fucking have that warrior cowboy mafia mentality, whatever. To to get respect, you got to give it. And if there is an issue, fucking talk it out. I mean, it's probably not that big of a deal. If it was that big of a deal, we probably would have fucking fought in the first place when we were standing there. Right. And and another thing about that whole interaction that I respect, I respect Bryant so much more yeah. as a man. Oh, yeah. When someone does that, oh, yeah, dude. There's been, it'll make me gain so much more respect for you if you'll come up to me and you'll tell me what's bothering you. That way, one or two things are going to happen. Either we're going to shake hands because there was a misunderstanding Which or let's work it the fuck out however we need to. And him coming in there, he could have easily said, oh, well, fuck that guy and then talked shit about me to everybody and took his kid out of the program. Yeah. And then it would have been like, dude, I was talking to Matt. I didn't even, I didn't even like, it five never years, registered that Casey was sitting there. it comes back up because yeah. you didn't let it out. He's like, oh, fuck, my kid could have been training for five years. Yeah. And if that happened to me and I went, Dude, like, I'm sorry. And he went, well, I'm sorry. And then it's like we talked, and now, best of friends, I've confided in him sometimes yeah. when I was having problems with other stuff. And Brian's such a solid dude. And it's like I respect him, so now I was like, hey, how would you handle this? Because he has, like, the same type of mentality yeah. that I have now. Early on, I just went over there and tried to fight the guy. <laughs> yeah. But – but now it's like, no, I want, I want to be the example that my kids need. Absolutely. Fucking, you couldn't have said it no better. Couldn't have said it no so, better. Dude, uh, I just hope a lot of people end up going down there and getting life lessons and MMA lessons from you. Like, you're, you're a good dude to fucking listen to. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you having us. And um, I just, I really do, like, really am passionate about what we do. And like changing kids' lives. It's fucking obvious. Like you, it's super obvious. Did did you know Captain Parks from Eastman? Oh, you talking about the star guy? Yeah. Yeah, he was such a good dude. dude. Actually, so fucking crazy. Matthew literally talked about him the other day on the show. Really? Yep. So he's been he passed away a few years ago. Yeah. But that dude is who changed my life. I didn't have any self worth. I didn't have I didn't care about myself. I was, I'm a Christian, and I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I was like, uh, I, if I die, I go to heaven. Yeah. So dying is better. So I didn't care about myself, and I would constantly just fight people if I felt like they were stepping on pride. Because if I died, I was going to a better place. 
and that's how I viewed it forever. And I got in trouble, got into a fight with a guy at school, shoved his head into a mop bucket, like tried to drown him in the lunchroom. Yeah, he had a ponytail, like one of them undercuts with ponytail. Yeah. Fucking tried to drown him in the lunchroom in a mop bucket. It was hilarious. But the guy was like... I'm really glad you ended up with an outlet for your anger telling this story as a fucking child. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I, try, I legit was trying to kill this kid. Coach Davis saved his life. But uh, anyway, I got... Like, I accidentally backhanded the principal and broke his nose. Because he, like, grabbed my shoulder when I was trying to leave. And I was like, get off of me. And I hit him. Bang. Not on purpose. But I hit, I hit the principal. I run across the street, down through the Wendy's parking lot, through the Walmart parking lot. It's Chasmore now. But through the, into the grocery store. And I'm hiding. I'm looking out the window. Dude, they had a, Eastman had a SWAT van back when then. When the fuck did this happen? Like, how old are you? Um, I'm 39 now. But this Fuck, I was in school when this happened. Yeah? Yeah, because I remember this. Dude. I, I remember, I, the only reason I remember is I remember they said there was a kid hiding in food line. That was me. Fuck. Yeah, that was You're me. You're a psycho. No, I'm not a psycho. <laughs> Bro. No, please don't put my head in the mop bucket. No. <laughs> please stop telling stories from your childhood. Hey. Whoa, we should have started with that shit. Hey, dude. So <gasps> I'm in food line, right? And the, did you know Eastman had a SWAT van? Yeah. I did not. I did, I did after the fact. I don't know why I know that. I just, know, I just know. They come up full SWAT gear, full riot gear, shields and all. And they start talking on their fucking bullhorn. And they're like, Jimmy Barnett, we know you're in there. You need to come out. I'm looking out the window, and the store manager walks up beside me. And I look up at him, and he goes, is that you? And I said, Yes, sir. He goes, you might should go out there. I went, uh-uh. You got a back door? And he goes, not for you, I don't. I busted that bitch. And I went, shit. So I walked out. They put me on the ground and, like, arrest me. Take me to uh, the RYDC. My mom has to come get me. And, like, she, I, this is part of the story. I'm, my mom's going to hate me for telling this shit. She picks me up from YDC, right? I get, I get to go home, but I got charges. I got all kinds of charges, but I get to go home. I'm sitting in the front seat. I do not have a mark on me. I beat the shit out of this dude in the lunchroom, right? Yeah. My mom, gangster, had rings on all her fingers, like these big, giant rings. Soon as I sit down in the car, she backhands me like six times. Yeah. You mother... And just backhand... I had knots all over my head from these rings. And I got to go. I, I go back in front of people. What's it look like? Looks like you had your ass with. It looked like that dude beat me up because I got knots all over my fucking head. From your mama. But it's from my mama. So that's now funny. I'm telling people to defend myself. No, that's from my mama. He didn't touch me. He didn't. Anybody that was there knows that kid didn't do shit. But I got knots all over my head. My mama beat my ass from picking me up from all while. But to, to shorten the story up, get back to Captain Parks. Uh, Captain Parks comes up there. I'm in ninth grade. He is part of the middle school. He is not a part of high school. And he tells uh, all the officers, hey, drop the charges. I want y'all to drop everything. He asked uh, the principal to drop the charges. He said he'll come with me in the mornings. To star? To star. Yeah. And uh, he said he'll come with me in the mornings. We're not going to shave his head. I just want him to come over here and be a part of the program. 
So I go over there that morning, and I'm just like, man, whatever. Got this nasty attitude. Whatever. Fuck this shit, man. I don't want to be here. I have to be here so I don't go to jail. So before he finishes telling his story, Star in our school system was where you you got it's kind of military style. Yeah, it's 100 military. Military style. You, everybody's got on a black pair of sweatpants, a black sweatshirt or t-shirt, and it just says Star written on it. It's for where like the baddest of the bad go. Yeah, are the ones that have gotten to a lot of trouble. I shouldn't say bad. It's like student, uh, student transistent, transistent and recovery program yeah. or something like that. It stands for Star, but. Uh, so I'm, I'm there, 4 o'clock in the morning, lined up on the wall. I'm not wearing black jumps. I'm just there, yeah. sweats. And uh, he sends all the guys on the run and tells me to wait because I'm not doing half the shit he's asking. And he, he looks at me and he goes, what's your problem? I I got no problem. He said, no, nah, you got a problem. There's an attitude here. What have I done to you? And I go, you ain't done nothing to me. He said, well, so why are you treating me poorly? Absolutely. He's like, I literally stopped you from going to jail. Why are you treating me poorly? And I still ask my kids in my program that when they got attitude from earlier that they got attitude and they come in. What did I do to you? Why are you treating me poorly? It's a good tool. But anyway, I, he asked me that and I said, I'm, I'm not treating you poorly. He's like, well, you're treating me like I'm a bad guy or like I did something to you. And I go, well, I'm here. And he's like, Is, isn't this better than jail? He was like, I stopped you from going to jail. I haven't shaved your head, and I haven't put you in a star program. You're just here spending time with me. And I was like, huh. So then I started thinking, well, maybe it ain't so bad. Then he was like, so what's your problem? I was like, I don't have one. I'm just people accusing me of taking their shit because that's what started the fight. I was accused of stealing a dude's necklace when it wasn't me. that His buddy was fucking with him, took his necklace. He left it on the table and went to dump his tray. Anyway, I was just looking at him, and I go, it doesn't matter. And he put his hand on my shoulder. He was a big dude. He was huge. I he was fucking him. huge. And his whole hand just covered my whole shoulder. Fucking bear claw. And he looked me in my eye, and he goes, you matter. And I looked at him, and he goes, you know you're important, right? You matter. He was like, there's something in you. There's a drive in you that's unmatched, and you can be great. You can change the world. I see it in you. You're an amazing kid. You just got to stop hanging around the wrong people. Bro, I started crying. I would have. I'm fucking finna cry now. Nobody had ever told me that I mattered. Yeah. Nobody had ever took the time to even talk to me like I was a, per like I was a person. And this man put his hand on my shoulder and told me I mattered and that I was important and that I could change the world. And I was like, okay. It changed my whole outlook on everything, man. Like everything. I spent the rest of that year in ISS and every single morning before school, he didn't have to. But he showed up to the high school. He started the kids in star. Let them run. Let them do their stuff. And then he would leave the middle school, come to the high school right when I got off the bus, stand there and wait for me to pass the principal's office. And he'd go, are we going to have a good day today, Mr. Barnett? I remember him doing that to people. And I'd go, yes, sir. And he'd go, good. He goes, 
you good? Yes, sir. He's like, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. Now, I told him two times, I don't know. We're going to have a good day today? I don't know. He went to the office, signed me out. Yep, I've seen him do this to kids. And take me to his place and let me run all the drills. Yep. Take me out to eat for lunch. Talk to me about what was going on. Hug me and tell me how important I was to the future. And send me back to school to get on the bus. And that man changed my, and that's what I want to do. Yeah. That's why I've wanted to be a coach ever since I was a kid. I want to change kids' lives the way that he changed mine. Because it took one person. It took one fucking person to, to, to build the man that you see today. Yeah. One. Now, there's been three. There's been three in my life that has shaped me and molded me to become who I am. But he was the spark. And that dude, that dude changed my life, man. And that's how you end the fucking show right here, dude. That is... Dude. That's, I swear to God, man. Dude. That's why I coach. And I want to do that for my kids. Well, that's why everybody ought to go to the fucking tech center. Take your kids to the tech center. Uh, before we get off here, congratulations to you and uh, Miss Taylor over there. Y'all got a baby that's fixing to come. Yep. Uh, hold on. It sucks for a little while, but it gets better. Uh, it's not that bad. Uh, but I'm happy for y'all, and thank you for being a good friend to me. Like, dude, you've been cool as shit to me, and anything we can ever do to help the tech center or y'all, all you got to do is let me know. Dude, I'm, I appreciate you, and I, like I said, I, I wanted to be a part of what you're doing any way I can because anybody that's growing and constantly bettering their lives, and you can even see it through the progression of your show and, like, stuff like that, That's I got a tremendous amount of respect for how far you come and the work ethic and the drive. And and it's like we were talking earlier with the friends and stuff. It's like your friends should lift you up and always want to see success, see you succeed. And if we can't do that for each other and help each other outside of our own professions and things like that, if we can't do that, then then what are we do, we what are Absolutely. we even doing? Absolutely. So I appreciate you, and I'm glad I was able to actually do something for my friend. Oh yeah. It meant a lot to me to be able to help you. Yeah. It, it did because Trust me, it means a fucking lot to me. They could at least <laughs> see my fat ass now. It's not all grainy and shit. <laughs> yeah, and I, I appreciate you uh, even reaching out because uh, I was like, I wanna. I've told Bam several times, I wanna help and I yeah. wanna see you succeed. And this was the first time that I was actually able to to do yeah. something for you and to show you that I do care about what you're well, doing I, and, and helping you. I dude, I went through and downloaded all your shit one day. <laughs> like, let's get this man paid. I downloaded every fucking episode on my tablet, and it's like fucking bad, dude. It is like, what are you doing? It's like, no, nah, I got I got fucking seven hundred downloads, like just fucking all of them downloading. Like, what are you doing in case we lose Spotify? Like, there you like go. whatever. Like, well, I appreciate that. You don't have a lot of your buddies from where you're from that really go out of their way to do it. They say they do it, but there's a lot of them that they're, they're, they cheer for you in the shadows. But when that fucking light's on them, all of a sudden they don't. They, that cheering stops. So I appreciate that more than you know. Nah, man, I'm I'm grateful. And uh, well, real quick before we get off here, tell them where they can find Tech Center online, how to get in touch with you, all that good shit, and we will we'll end it. All right, so you can find Coach Jimmy underscore tech. That's our YouTube channel. Uh, it's the same for our Instagram. It's Coach Jimmy underscore tech. Um, it's T-E-C-T. 
Tech. It stands for the Elite Combat Training Center. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can find our website is Middle Georgia. Um, is that? It's MID, so Mid Georgia Martial Arts. Mid Georgia Martial Arts. And uh, that's our website if you want to check that out. But if I'm being honest, the fastest way to get a hold of us will be to message us on Instagram or Facebook because I check my emails like once a late week because I'm lazy as shit and don't do the things I'm supposed to do. So uh, Messenger or Instagram. We have a Snapchat too. It's Tech Center, TCT Center. Uh, we just post training videos and shit regularly. One of our kids runs it. He, uh, one of our high school kids just, cool. just like post shit on there. Um, but yeah, y'all, you can also find me. I just, uh, started at the high school. I'm a coach at the high school now at, uh, Dodge County wrestling. So this is a goal of mine that just come true because of Steve Greer. And I think that our team's going to do a, do, do some pretty good stuff this year. But if the, the, fan base and the parents will give me time i hate how they treat the coaches they get a new coach every other year it's like you cannot build a system or a program overnight you can't do it in one year so if they need to give the coaches time to build a program you got to stay there long enough to do that i hope that the parents and the, the schools give me enough time to really build a solid wrestling program with the youth and the the high school so that we can be a force to reckon with i want I want our school to show up and people leave the damn match. I want people not to show up because they got to mm. compete against us. Shit, that's Dodge County. I want them to leave. Yeah. I want to get so good that they leave. But that's where you guys can find us. Did I leave anything out, Taylor? I don't think so. I think you hit all the points. You'll, you'll find them in the hospital in January. Uh, yes. Yeah. Anyway, that was Finley it. Jade Barnett will be oh, that's here. Pretty. She will be here January seventh if she don't come early. So oh, I hope y'all have a New Year's baby. Yes, sir. Well, cool. Well, thank both of y'all. And I think uh, after a lot of men and women hear this show that have kids, I think they're gonna get directed towards you just because of the kind of man you are and with the environment that you create at your uh, at your at the tech center. I can't fucking talk. Anyway. All right, well, thank y'all. And uh, anytime y'all ever need me, y'all just let me know. Same. All right, folks, thank y'all for listening to the Josh Terry Podcast. We will catch you later. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.